Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This week in PlayStation, we're talking about Starfield's delayed. So do we think God of War is next? Jim Ryan putting his foot in his mouth about abortion. And the PlayStation games we're giving up on or getting back to. We'll have all this and more because this is PSI Love You XOXO. Welcome to the show, everybody. That's Blessing. That's Janet. I'm Greg, and you can get this show on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. There you can watch us record it live, get it ad-free, and get the weekly post-show. If you have no bucks toss our way, support us on the Epic Game Store, Fortnite, Rocket League, and more with the creator code KINDAFUNNY. You can get PSI Love You XOXO for free with ads and without the post show on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Anonymous, Fargo Brady, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, First Responder ND, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Alex J. Sandoval, James Hastings, Casey Andrew, Today we're brought to you by MeUndies and Credit Karma, but let's start. Usually I say with the PSN message, but instead stop the presses. Barrett, click this link and show it to the kids, all right? Ladies and gentlemen, all of you have lived through a national nightmare, and I'm happy that it's finally over for you. If you are an audio listener, what we have pulled up here is psnprofiles.com, a great site, ladies and gentlemen, a fantastic site that, of course, you can sign up for to track your trophies. What we're looking at, of course, is the infamous for the game infamous PlayStation 3 Platinum Club, where you'll see, once again, I am the number one achiever of the infamous Woo! Platinum. Blessing, way, way back in May of 2009, you had a bunch of little building blocks and you were putting them together. Janet, a zygote or something, wasn't even on the face of the earth yet. But I had reviewed Infamous for IGN. I had it ahead of time. And I platinum this motherfucker. And if you remember, the stories would go, of course, that now you know now you kids, you got your little create button, your little share button, you hit it, you get your little screenshots. I had to use my digital camera, my digital camera to take wow. photos of the fucking screen when the map was up to then sit there and go block by block in infamous looking for blast shards, crossing it out to make sure I had it. I finally found this final shard on May 12, 2009. Got the platinum trophy, tweeted. There was this new thing called Twitter. Tweeted, I have the platinum trophy in Infamous. I'm, I think I'm the first person in the world to ever do it. Sucker Punch confirmed you are the first person to ever have the platinum trophy. The world rejoiced. Everything was fantastic yay, for years and years yay. and years. It was close as we ever been to World Peace Barrett. And then, out of the blue, years later, you go to psnprofiles.com. Somebody, and I shit you not, named like General Zod123 or whatever, but it's definitely General Zod. Superman's villain, had suddenly become number one on the boards, having beaten me to it. No one knew who this Zod was. No one knew what shenanigans this Zod person was up to. But the record has finally been set straight on PSN profiles. Zod has been bounced. Greg Miller is back at the top, ladies and gentlemen. 
and I'm never leaving losing it again. Yeah, they're I'm not, never they're leaving not even again. on the top fifty anymore. Like they're just. It's gone. probably because they got you know what I, PSN profiles calls it down the middle, and I'm sure they finally looked into this and saw that General Zod was cheating on a bunch of his platinums, rolling back his clock, doing a bunch of stuff that's wow. just bogus. Blessing, bogus. Wow, is Janet, the implication that Blessing is General Zod there? No, it's well, I, just, I know that Blessing is getting. I can see. I've known Blessing a long time now, and when I look over to him, I can see him when he takes the shotgun, opens it up, takes the used shells out well, from last week, and puts in new ones. Great and he's ready effects, to yeah. shoot me. He's ready to shoot me and take me down a notch. But no one's taking me down because I'm still the number one infamous player. Yeah. In the world. We are five minutes into this Thank episode, you. and neither Janet nor I have said a word. So that, first of all, is very impressive. Second of all, whenever you pull up PSN profiles, there's nothing that excites me less than the route, the journey you're about to take us on. So that's number two. Number three, Janet, does it concern you when he goes on these senile rants where he's just talking about things that are beyond our time? Janet, choose your next words I, carefully. I feel like I, I'm not. I never choose my words carefully here. I feel like <laughs> this is Greg having his moment in the sun. Now you can argue a lot of moments with Greg. Are Greg's moment in the sun? That's kind of a separate conversation. But I'm like, you know what? This is you doing your thing. And I'm I'm happy that you're here and that you're that you're that that you're excited. I mean, about a sun setting like, moment is still uh still technically in the sun, you know. It's, oh, okay. it's kind of like how um you know I don't really make my dad do as much around the house at this point because he's like kind of older. I'm like, you know what, Greg, you just be like you live. Yeah, you know, you don't have many years point. ahead of you. Just enjoy the time you have on this earth. Oh, exactly. I'm not going anywhere. Have, maybe you all, moment. maybe you all fucking forgot who I am. I'm Greg Miller, the shooting star and i'm not stopping anytime soon all right both of you will wash out of this industry and i'll still be here talking about it this don't worry about it right. <laughs> if i go down i'm taking everyone down with me <laughs> i almost put it out i was telling jen the other day janet you had a conversation or you started this conversation on uh twitter as the kids do uh and you tweeted about how on slack you when you when you see that you know you can see people typing yes and like it's like a decorum like it's a shared thing that people don't reference it really when they see typing and then going it mm -hmm. away but when i see you typing i immediately say hey janet's about to say something or when i see you delete something like what are you going to say janet or whatever yep. and so you put up a tweet about that and i thought it was very good i went to respond and i screenshotted the funniest thing you had ever said on slack and i screenshot i was going to respond with it and then i deleted it because i didn't think without any context on the internet it would play well for me but it was from a conversation you and i had on slack and, the, and it was just, if I wanted to cancel you, old man, you'd be canceled. <laughs> and I was like, that's a funny, that was like you and me joking around, but I'm like, with no context, and just putting it on Twitter. I'm like, that's not going to look good. Like, and those are the things I say, what, let alone what I was deleting. No, usually when I'm deleting stuff, it's like, you know, it's like any other normal conversation, right? Where I realize, oh, this doesn't need to be said. Or, this, this, this message could be like a, a thumbs up, right? It's like you always make that call. But Greg always catches me. Greg, and then next level too, Greg even catches if we're having a back and forth, because like I play this game like anybody else, because I'm also a psychopath, where I start typing while Greg's typing. I see Greg's typing, I stop typing, because I'm like, wait, what is, what is he going to say? You guys think about like, this real hard. I see that you were going to say something. So he'll like, it, there's this weird meta that happens with my conversations with Greg on Slack. Well, because we're also friends, gonna mention, We talk to each other a lot, all right? We're not like you, all right? You come out I of like your dressing room, you do the show, you turn off the camera, we don't hear from you until next week. Exactly. All you do is call me a pervert. <laughs> I stopped doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I, that joke was My done. parents was follow me. Two weeks ago joke. It was over. I do sometimes like think about the idea of like Greg eventually or like my dad eventually like seeing who Greg is and me being like, oh, this is like my boss, you know, just easier to just say that Greg's my boss. Sure. And that when what and then what would happen next? 
I well, think about that, that really often. Oh, we've got introduced to each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, now I'd be professional. You know that. Like you know, no. I'm I'm a, I'm a professional with the parent. I'm a, like it's a flip of the coin on the content. What Greg you're gonna get? You know what I mean? Are you gonna get? Yeah, like don't insightful. Bring, don't He's got something to say. Or am content. I gonna put on fucking sunglasses you know? and put my baby son through a table? Nobody knows what's gonna happen. Exactly. Yeah. Both of those fifty like, fifty. Plus, once like tweeted out, like you can actually quote tweet most things Greg says and be like, "This is my boss." Like, and it's and it's pretty funny, um, regardless of what it is. But like, I remember blessing having like a tweet like. This is who I have to tell my parents that I work for. Like, this is a weird, this is a weird timeline, but it's a fun one. I'm having a good time. Listen, you guys could have a lot of boring bosses. Instead, you got one with a heart of gold and just the vocal cords that are also half. gold. Why is there a shirt half off right now? Well, I'm in the middle of a conversation, but I was getting hot, so I was taking off the sweatshirt. But then mm-hmm. I like the I, Janet finished her sentence, and I was like, here. And I wanted to get into telling you a story about it. You know, I won't name names, but when I was very unhinged right now, just so you know. <laughs> If you're an audio listener, please click over to the video to see Greg continue to tell this. I'm going to stop talking. I don't know what you're talking about. Start talking. Like, no, you're not taking out the rest right of the sweatshirt. Continue the story. message on it, too. It's like there's a lot happening here. Anyways, oh, once when I was in charge of the antlers, I, I met a kid's parents, uh, one of the younger antlers. And like I was like, oh, hey, man. I was, or not, hey, man. But I was like, hey, pleasure to meet you, mister, whatever the guy's name was. I was like. And like literally my opening salvo was like, how do you feel about your son being banned from basketball games? And the kid hadn't told his parents he was banned from basketball games. And he was like, what? And I was like, all right, no. got to go. And I just walked away. Jesus. I ruined that kid's life. Uh, let's talk about a PSN message. Of course, this is where one of you writes in on patreon.com slash kind of funny games with a thought starter for us. And boy, do we have a topical one today. Ryan Poala Higgins writes in fresh off the morning's news and says, hello, PS. I love you crew. Today, Bethesda announced delays to Starfield and Redfall, which were the two big Xbox first-party exclusives for the second half of this year. Starfield was given a November 11th release date at E3 last year and was announced nearly four years ago. With this in mind, is it realistic to expect a delay to God of War Ragnarok? Janet, the roller skating, game playing, marathon running, Garcia, what do you say? Um, one thing for uh, visual watchers, I'm like finding this fly that's by my desk, so just ignore that better than going. The fly through. is winning, yeah. honestly. Also, I'm winning. very impressed by Janet's one hand technique. Usually, people are going for the clap. Janet's going for well, like the straight I, grab. Honestly, I like don't want to have to kill it in my hand, but that's kind of the only way. Anyway, as I do that, this is again a very unhinged episode. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I I fully expect a God of War delay at this point. I'm just. It, it's one of two things it's the delay or the date and I, i'll be happy with either just for closure mm. purposes yeah because i can't stand the not knowing like it's eating it away at me um but yeah i'm leaning on it being delayed i think too it's interesting kind of um the idea of like you know i never think anyone's like lying when they give a release date obviously like genuinely <laughs> why would they do that right they want like to put out that date and stick to it. But oftentimes, like any kind of project, you know, I even think of this with myself and my own writing and giving myself deadlines or communicating deadlines to other team members. Sometimes you just don't make, you think you genuinely think you're gonna make it and you don't. Um, So even with like, I know there's been elements of reassurance with, um, remind me who made the comment on the team of like, it's definitely coming out this year. Like that- Bruno, Bruno, we don't talk about him. Yes, exactly. Um, You know, that comment in one hand can be reassuring if you wanna be optimistic, but like, I mean, I, I, I believe that they believe that, but that doesn't mean that's going to be true. You know what I mean? Like, it's still, there's so many moving parts to something like this that, yeah, if I had to bet money on it, I'm banking on a delay, but we'll see, you know, could definitely use a, a heavy hitter like that, but you can use that heavy hitter at any time. So it'll happen when it happens. What about y'all? Yeah, with this in mind, is it realistic to expect a delay for God of War Ragnarok? I think it's been realistic to expect a delay for God of War Ragnarok 
not even worrying about Starfield or Redfall or whatever Xbox is doing, right? On the one hand, of course, because as one great philosopher once wrote, if you expect disappointment, then you can never really be disappointed. So, of course, temper all expectations in the video game industry. But then also, of course, just the fact that it's hard to make a video game, period, let alone during the pandemic, let alone following up a 10 out of 10 masterpiece of a game. Like, I think until you hear a date and we see a state of play for it in the giant presentation that makes it seem actually really close that it's going to make it. Yeah, like I don't I don't believe God of War's Ragnarok's coming until it will be imminent. And I don't mean that as an insult and I don't mean that as PlayStation's lying. I think they have the best intention. I'm sure PlayStation wants to put it out in 2022 and they want to make a lot of money as soon as possible, but they can't fuck it up. And I think that's the same thing you're seeing over on Xbox's side with these Bethesda games, right? Blessing out of you, Junior. Yeah, yeah, I think you put it well. We're in a weird time, a weird era where like pandemic, you know, already makes video game development hard and video game development without the pandemic was already hard. Right. I think uh, looking at the dates that they put out there in terms of the release windows, you know, Jane, you mentioned that like, you know, people like it's not as if folks are trying to lie. I will say, though, that like. I do think that they lied <laughs> when they put out the the 2021 release date. I think there was no there was no way in sure. like any universe that game was going to come out in 2021. And I think they knew that that game wasn't going to come out in 2021. It's not a lie if you believe it. I don't even think they believed it is the thing, right? I think they were just like, hey, as PlayStation, we're going to aim for end of 2021. I'm sure Corey Barlog and the team were like, there's no way, but sure, why not? Because they want to market the PS5 and they want to market that first year as being a banger first year. But like Horizon Rune West didn't even make 2021. Like how is God of War Ragnarok? How like how in any world did God of War Ragnarok think that they're going to hit 2021? Also, um, I did kill the fly, by the way. Yay! Uh -oh, yeah, thank you. Um, If you're to ask me right now, I'd probably say, yeah, I think God of War Ragnarok will probably get delayed. But I think I... I'm not going to like plant my flag on that hill firmly until after I say June. <laughs> no, like after, after like the next month and a half, I think you're, we're approaching summer games fest season, you know, announcement mm -hmm. season, presentation season, showcase season. And right now we're getting, we're getting toward a, around the time where you're going to want to start promoting shit for the fall. And right now the, as you'd imagine, right? The plan is God of War Ragnarok for the fall. If that's the case, then you promote it in the summer and, and go for a big, um, uh, rollout over the course of the next six months until you get to God of War Ragnarok. And so, like, I could see it happening at a PlayStation state of play at, at the end of May or in June. I can see it uh, appearing at, I think this is less likely, but it'd be cool if it did, did happen. I could see it happening at um, Summer Games Fest live. I think that mm -hmm. could be a cool be place awesome. for it to, to show up. Or I could see it showing up just, just randomly um, somewhere in June, maybe at a PlayStation showcase. Um, I think if we don't see it in June, then for sure it's delayed to next year. Um, but I still am going to hold out hope that we could see it in the next month and a half. Yeah. Summer's got to be the spot, and it'd be awesome if Jeff could get that on one of his shows. You know what I mean? But we'll see. Uh, I also wondered, too, I was on Games Daily about this. Where is everybody at with PSVR 2 right now? You think that's happening this year? Mm, I forgot what I initially said that I thought. <laughs> So whatever whatever that take was, I'm gonna stand by past me, but I have no idea what <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say no now. I mean, we're deeper into the year. Yeah, the thought of them like getting it at market, it seems very quick. But obviously, like there's stuff happening in behind the scenes that we're not privy to. Like that's the kind of the nature of the industry. But for yeah, sure. I'd be a little bit surprised. Um, especially just because like I'm also I'm just waiting for the next like the big thing. Like they keep mentioning, not it's not here, it'll be later. I'm like, okay, when is later though? And they're like it's just not here. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a similar place uh, as I am with God of War Ragnarok, where like I think the next month and, <clears throat> month and a half will be very telling because I think 
you'd for a PlayStation VR two, you do a showcase. You do like a sole like, hey, this is to promote promote PSVR two. This is what the software library looks like. These are the features, all that stuff. And then you roll you roll it out toward the end of the year. Um, I think. I'm more confident in that coming out in 2022 than God of War Ragnarok. I think for hardware, there's a bit more like uh, there's a bit more standing your ground with hardware than there is with software. You know, I think software is less uh, like there's less that relies on software, right? Whereas like hardware, there's so there's so much software that like is relying on that hardware to come out, and if like if the slate is fall, right? Like there's games that are going to come out and launch that are hope that are needing that that device to come out in the fall so that they can launch also right like there's so much stuff beholden to that and it's a big task because of how many ps5s aren't out there and you know you're only into year two of the ps5 and there's a lot that like i think playstation is is managing on their shoulders right now like trying to make sure the ps5 um uh continues to be successful and continues to kill it but yeah, I don't know. I can see. I, I I'm still at a place where now I can see it coming out in 2022. Um, earlier on, I think I was more not be- believing in that, but I think sure. with the cadence they've been following, it feels so much like the PS5 cadence. And if that's the case, then June, Ju- maybe July, I could see a PSVR2 event. Yeah, I'm hopeful. Uh, I I would say I'm more positive on it than not, but it is because of exactly what you're saying, Wes, of looking how they've done things in the past and what their role that was, even for PlayStation VR. Uh, it'd be interesting to do it, and I think now, as the fall, I was talking about on Games Daily, right, gets a little quieter. It would seem, you know, if there is no Starfield, if you know, who knows what's going to happen with God of War. I'm not saying these are tied to PSVR coming out by any stretch of the imagination. I just think it would be a really good time for PlayStation VR to go and have more eyes on it than usual if it's not competing with something like starfield yeah. that's going to take up hundreds of hours of your time or whatever like right now this fall is like so open and like so it, it is such like a great opportunity for something to come out and not be as big as the biggest things ever right it's like the opposite of february where february we got Ring horizon sifu a bunch of a bunch of games in february that all kind of collided with each other in terms of like um uh not reception but in in, in terms of like conversation and in terms Market of share yeah, brain, share. yeah, your brain power. Like right now, fall is looking like what? Saints Row, Gotham Knights, Forspoken. Forspoken. And like none of the, I, I'm looking forward to these games. Like this is Splatoon me taking 3? away from these games. Splatoon 3. None of these games are like Elden Ring or God of War or mm-hmm. like Horizon, right? Like these are all games that, especially for a fall season, can all, can all coexist and not dominate conversation. And I think sure. if we're going to release PSVR 2, I think this falls the time. Like, if honestly, if you're going to release anything as a game company, I think right now this falls the time. We will wait and see. Also, Jeff Grubb today teasing that he thought uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor Survivor is coming out this this maybe could maybe come out later this year, mm. which I'd fucking pop for big time. It'd be super I hope so, man. Because like right yeah. now this fall. It's not that this fall is unexciting. I feel like I'm just waiting to see what excites me because it's we're about to again we're about to enter non E3 season, right? We're about to enter Summer Games Fest. So like there's gonna be a bunch of games that are announced for the fall that are going to paint, I believe, an exciting fall. But right now we got like, our fall in the winter this time of the start of the year. Yeah, that was yeah our fall. exactly like this last the, the like yeah February basically February going into March February is was basically fall. fall. Um, but right now I think the fall is looking like very. All right, like it's fine. Like again, Forspoken looks cool, right? Saints Row, I'm excited for. Like um, Gotham Knights, it seems like after the present, <laughs> the stuff they showed earlier in the week, you've seen more expectations kind of go uh, either way. But where'd you go with it? I, I didn't really move. Like Gotham Knights isn't a game that I'm looking. I, I've been looking forward to like blowing me away. I've been very much like, no, nah, this looks like it's gonna be just another Batman game. And with what they showed, I've been 
getting more of that. Um, the one thing that kind of made me a little bit like eh, is seeing the uh, the loot stuff and like seeing the the gear systems they have. It that stuff looks so derivative and unexciting. Like it looks very and the. the I was going to say not Shade to Avengers, but I guess it is Shade to Avengers. It reminds me of Avengers, right? Of like how the loot system was in that game. And that's yeah. stuff that doesn't excite me as much. For sure. Um, but I think regardless, like gameplay wise, it seems like it's going to be fine. And if I'm playing it with friends, I think it's going to be a good time. Janet, where are you with Gotham Knights? I'm kind of in the same. I don't know if it'll, I guess I'm a little bit colder on it in that like I haven't really seen anything that's blown me away, but I am down to play it and see for myself how that ends up working. I think the general like, construction of the missions and like what you're doing seems like it could be fine in the sense that like it's kind of following similar structures to like how you know the mission structure in like spider-man is where you're like interrupting things but at the same time like what makes that fire in spider-man is the the mechanics and the feel of the movement like that's why you can put a bunch of just different grunts there like the grunts aren't exciting it's the it's the way you're interacting with the environment and kind of having fun with it so i don't know that they're going to have the mechanical sauce to pull off something that's a little bit more straightforward structurally, but I'm down to find out. Yeah, I'm excited for it as a DC fanboy um, and, and getting to be Batgirl. I'm just super stoked for it. And obviously, yeah. as somebody like my Avengers chat, uh, my text thread was alive and well after that drop of everybody <laughs> being like, this kind of looks like Avengers. We can have a lot of fun with this maybe? And blah, blah, blah. Like, it looks like it'll be enjoyable, but I'm not. Is this not, the Avengers like, killer? And then Barrett, while we're here, just Batman or uh, Gotham Knights, what is your take as the Batman bat expert? Uh, yeah, Batman. I think I think Blessing and Janet kind of nail it as far as just another Batman game goes. I wouldn't even agree with uh, that just from like the, the gameplay we've been shown so far. Like I, I don't think it looks quite like the, the Arkham games in uh, terms of the fluidity of that combat. Uh, especially with what they showed with uh, um, uh, Nightwing, Nightwing and um, Red Hood, those uh, they definitely seemed a little more uh, slower than you know what we saw with Batgirl and, and Robin a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, I'm in. Uh, but also the same uh, uh, kind of side of it with you, Greg. Where I'm a fanboy, I love Court of Owls. Like I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of excited to see how they adapt that story into. Uh, what they're trying to tell with like uh, Bruce being uh, dead, quote unquote, uh, and all dead. that stuff. So um, yeah, I I don't know if this is gonna be like a game, like top three game of the year contender for me. Yeah, uh, I'm not expecting that. Done. I'm not expecting that. But if it's good, it'll probably be in my top ten. You know, like if if it delivers on a a story that I enjoy with like serviceable gameplay, which is literally just what Arkham Origins was, right? Like it was a great story with whatever gameplay. Like I. Like, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Um, going back to the Star Wars Jedi uh, Survivors uh, thing really quick, um, it kind of lines up with Gro- what Grub was saying, where, like, it could have possibly been delayed out of this year, and then we got the the hearings uh, from, like, the EA financial call, I think, uh, from a couple of days ago, where, you know, the a, a Q4 2022, where there's, like, uh, they have, like, four unnamed projects that haven't been officially announced yet and one of those was like a major like licensed ip or something like that mm-hmm. i think that's very obviously uh star wars jedi um you know whether that's q4 2022 being like 
February or March because that's when they're phys- that's like the Q4 for their fiscal year and stuff like that. Sure. I can see that. Uh, but the fact that uh, Grub is is saying maybe they they might hit this year, it seems like they're still kind of in that weird area where they might be kind of like wrapping things. They also up don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Either way, I'm excited. Survivors, I think, is an interesting name, especially because of the the themes and uh, story where everything left off uh, in Fallen Order, especially with like the kind of like MacGuffin and what Cal Kestis decides to do with that MacGuffin at the end of that story and where they decide. Throws it over his shoulder, gives it to the Porgs. Exactly. That's essentially what he did. Uh, seeing where they go next, uh, I think, uh, is interesting with this title of most likely looking just for other Jedi who survived Order 66. So, Okay. Well, now it's time for topic of the show. For this, I ask everyone to clear their minds, all right? Don't think of anything. We're going to ask you questions. <laughs> You're going to answer without thinking. Janet, what game do you still need to get to? I still need to get to uh, the end of Middle Gear Solid. Oh. The first one? No, uh, like four and five. Like the end of the series. Oh, then it's... Have you started them? No. You get to them. I, that's why I didn't want to do like Uncharted. Like I'm well, you said the there. end of Metal Gear Solid. So I was, well, I the, was series, the end of the series. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, like you need to finish five. Metal Gear Solid as a series. Gotcha, gotcha, yes. gotcha. Dude, forget throw Uncharted 4 out the window. Get into Metal Gear Solid 4 and 5. That's what you want, isn't it, Blessing? Yes. What do you have against me and Nathan Drake? It's not me that has anything against Nathan Drake. It is you that has things against Nathan Drake. You're it's not you having a good time. No, I can like, see I don't it. Have, I said you have beef with me and Nathan Drake, and you're like, I don't got beef with Nathan Drake. So that just leaves me. I mean, this is just math. I can, it's the fact that you are playing, you are forcing yourself to play Uncharted 4, and I can, like, feel it, that, like, you do not want to play these games. Yoshi's Woolly World, it's been seven years, and we're still going strong. I'm still unlocking the costumes, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, there's a masterpiece. There are two masterpieces actually waiting, waiting you in Melody. Well, the thing is, I want. Well, we'll get into. I don't want to get into like my mental logic on like why I haven't reached these games yet. So we'll save that for later. But there's a why reason not? why I haven't played. I feel like now's the time. Because I. What because else I are we gonna talk about? This is the question. <laughs> well, I, thought, I thought maybe we'd go like you know, and everyone kind of says what their thing is, and then we like loop back around or something. Okay, fine. To get into it, like I just like I played one, two, and three, and one's very blurry for me how much I even played of that. But two and three, I played probably a few times um, in my childhood. And I just kind of didn't end up like, I like missed the wave. Like I just didn't end up playing four and five when they came out. And now I feel like I want to go back and run the whole series. And that's so much work. And I know y'all are going to say, you don't have to do that though. You could just, you know, read a Wikipedia thing or just not do it at all. And it's not a big deal, but I want to get the full experience. And, you know, I think to a degree y'all can relate to this with like the let's play of, was it Mike doing it for the first time? Uh, Barry for the first time yeah like and and even though that's like a first playthrough versus like I have played those games before for me it's been so long like I'm such a different person than I was then like I want to go and replay them yeah yeah no I'm like I'm I think you should go back and play them yeah of work so okay that's interesting because I thought you guys were gonna say just jump to it so for that reason I'm like well when am I really gonna set aside time to really play through it and that's the thing bless like with you know you joshing me on freaking uncharted 4 i know i can kind of get away with dragging that out and again that is part because i'm with my brother so that's why if it was just me alone i would have probably finished it already no offense to edwin but he has other work to do that is in games for some reason <laughs> you're just totally um, throwing him under the bus yeah. it's i mean it's fat like and he listens to the show like and edwin you already know i know you're listening edwin whenever you're about it i will make the time because your schedule is so packed 
that if Edwin, you have I need time, you to sit down and marathon and binge through the rest of Uncharted 4 with, with Janet so that she has time to jump just release her, you know what I mean? This is going to be like, or literally, her. if Janet dies, this is going to be like the thing that they, they like when the, the ghost, the like ghost whisperer finds her in a hundred years. This is like her unfinished business on the Janet side quest to get her spirit to go away in Tokyo, Tokyo yeah, Ghostwire. This is the one run of getting Not, my spirit. I just to the need to side. finish Uncharted 4. There <laughs> I just was, need to finish Uncharted 4. That's can not you a bad get, deal, though. Can you get me a PlayStation 5 and a copy of the game? And you have to like go into this area and find a bunch of monsters and get it and bring it over. And I'm like, it. I'm not seeing what I need to see with this puzzle. So I don't know how we're going to get through this. Anyway, but yeah, that's a big project, the Metal Gear thing. And I'd want to figure out, like, I don't know, am I doing that by myself? Am I streaming it? It'd be fun to stream. But then it's also like a little more work if you're doing that. I, I will like, say, as someone who thing. streamed Metal Gear Solid 1 through 4 once a week for six months straight, Janet. Yep. Don't. Yeah, that's the I, thing. I, like, I will say, like, I, I, lo I loved doing it. it I, I think it was a we like, kind of a not great first experience doing it, where it's like I'm trying to like take in the story, but also like learn all these yeah. gameplay mechanics on stream. And I also have like chat backseat gaming a lot of times when they don't need to be. And it's like, it's a lot being thrown at you. Um, yeah. I would encourage, like, but at the same time, like, when you start it, like, binge it as much as you can because that was a, a certain aspect where i loved like we beat we beat metal gear solid one and then the next week we started metal gear solid two of like playing those games back to back was really cool um streaming them over the course of like six months was uh not I, as fun but it, it yeah, was I like, a long, a long like, play is challenging to pull off on twitter unless you're like maybe a full-time streamer where you have like a lot of the time to exactly. like commit to it yeah, I think like I think the experience of streaming through all the Metal Gear Solid games was fun, but I think for your enjoyment of the game, it might be worth it to just like own that experience without an audience. You know, like mm -hmm. have it be your playthrough of Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear, the Metal Gear Solid games, and not worry about like all the feedback you might get from chat or like hanging out with people and, and whatever. Because I think there is so much like people love Metal Gear so much, and there is so much to Metal Gear in terms of Easter eggs and like twists and weird lore stuff and characters that loop around and end up as other characters and like yada 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 that goes on and on and on um and when you're playing it around other people i think there's so much feedback that can kind of get messy it can kind of get mm -hmm. very distracting whereas like if when you're just sitting with metal gear solid and just experiencing it and like just taking in all that's that is uh is th throwing at you I think this is a way better better way to do it because it is it then becomes about you and your interpretation of everything that's going on and then you have the option to one pull up guides because I think guides will be very helpful especially for Metal Gear Solid um well actually you already played them so like you probably won't even need them um, um <laughs> like maybe one, you'll need for like one. nine or something but um, I think but I like could pull four it and five, I could pull up two guides. at least I feel like I live in two in a weird weird way and my brother's like really having those games too that don't worry I'm not bringing him in to make another um playthrough commitment but um it's funny because my brother is actually like re-watching all the Metal Gear Solid 2 cutscenes right now and he's like <laughs> I just watch a few of them right before bed and it's like that's definitely something that like I've done as well and like I have such fond memories of two and three as well with like the snake eater stuff um yeah I'm I think it'll be really fun I just have to pick when am I doing it in like you know, when am I clearing time to like really sit and enjoy and kind of make it an event and like people in my house like those games as well. So I'm sure they'll like stop by and can always offer like n less loud help than, you know, a more public audience. What? No offense to chat, but, you know, it is a lot to especially with a reading having or a reading and or story heavy game is hard to stream. And then that has that combination yeah. of the action as well. Mm -hmm. Like. Inevitably, during a cutscene, you start looking at chat and having a conversation with them and you miss whatever the hell was happening in the cutscene. Yeah. Scene. yeah. Oh, yeah. You and like, that. no, it's, it's not, it's, that's one of those series where we always have the issue where we're playing RPGs or whatever, and you get into a dialogue sequence and you ma automatically look at your phone. Metal Gear Solid, I feel like is one of those series that'll hold your attention. Like 
everything, at least for me, everything that goes on in Metal Gear Solid is so engaging and so fucking fascinating that, like, it just holds me for that time. I'm and excited, then, like, too, because I, I kind of forgot a lot of elements of it. Like, I know, like, I can visualize it really well. I have, like, a lot of fond memories of playing it. Like, honestly, Metal Gear Solid 2, like, one of the first times in a game where I, like, saw something happen and I was, like, I didn't even know this was possible. And it was, like, we were standing on a boat because I would play a lot with my brother um, through those games. And it was, like, shooting someone on a boat and a lot of times they would, like, you know, fall forward because, like, that's just the, the default animation is just for them to land on the ground. But one time they, like, fell backwards. And usually when they fall backwards, they still kind of land on the ground because it's a ps2 game but they fell off the railing and yelled on the way down and i was like oh my god i've never yeah. seen that happen again at the time it was like such a thing and i remember you know i tell this story all the time but i remember watching the opening cutscene of metal gear solid 2 and being like oh my god games look as good as movies and i still don't know why i thought that because i had seen movies at the time and they didn't, <laughs> even then, they didn't look that good so i don't know why i was like in my mind like smoking that cigarette on that bridge like it Rips is such off a the poncho memory. Yes, it's like my favorite. It's like one of my favorite scenes in games. Lands, and I think it'll be really the fun to go back into it. And then like one, like I said, it's kind of a fever dream. I barely remember if I even played it. I kind of have to ask my brother. Like we we do we played through that, right? And he says yeah. So I'm like, I guess that's true. You gotta I believe him. When I did that, <laughs> but so one is definitely the the least clear of a memory that I have. But two and three, I I remember the mechanics a lot. I don't remember a whole lot about the story. So I'm excited to get like a free new story that isn't new because I forgot it for so long. Cause it's been so many years and there's so many twists and stuff too. So yeah, I'm excited, but there it's a, it's a big project, which is why I haven't done it yet. Blessing. Yes. Clear your mind. Oh, there it is. Look at this. Look, remember this. This is so this what opening scene. This is, this is and, one of the most hype intros ever. Yeah. And obviously like it doesn't look as good as it did at the time, but I think it still looks pretty good. I think honestly. it still looks great. Like for I, PS2 graphics, I think this, yes. this looks awesome. It has like it is so cool. It is so well shot. Um, no, this was like this was the height of my childhood life. Like here, like the fidelity here was. Look at how cool this is. Ugh. I mean, I remember That's at the game. time watching um, or starting Metal Gear Solid Three with I. I brought up my friend Addison a lot on podcast this week, but Addison's responsible for everything. I started Metal Gear Solid Three with Addison, and um, I remember watching that first cutscene of like them uh, doing the the Halo jump. Yeah. And I remember just being my, just having my mind blown by how good it looked, uh, like especially compared to other games at the time. Like Metal Gear Solid specifically, I think was way ahead of the game in terms of graphics, but then also in just art direction and design and all that stuff. Like I think those games still hold up to look at. Even watching Barrett play those games last year, I was like, yeah, these games are still pretty. Like I think I think these games still look good, and they don't look like PS5 games for sure, but like they still look great. Blessing, clear your mind. What game do you still need to get to? So I've been thinking about this recently. Because it's backlog season, right? Like you it smell it in the air. Season. You smell it in the air. It might be backlog fall too. <laughs> it might be backlog year. Yeah, uh, it's backlog season. Is and as I've gotten further in backlog season, I think I've had an epiphany, and that epiphany is that I don't know if I do backlogs. I don't know if backlogs are a thing that I do. It's like, time to give up. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, like, we have three questions. There's three big questions. We're gonna get to what are you never gonna touch again. Don't worry about that. Because, like, I right now, if I sit down and think about the games that have already come out that, like, I really need to play or really want to play, I feel like I've played them all. Like, at least all the ones that I care for, right? I'm sure there's games that the audience might list of, like, oh, man, I know you like this and you haven't played this. Like, Tales of Arise, just play Tales of Arise. And I'm like, I'm sure I'd, I'd like Tales of Arise if I play Tales of Arise. <laughs> What's this, Barrett? This is my Don't worry about it. Don't bring it up yet. Don't bring it up yet. Oh, yeah. Don't bring it up. No, it's hard not to see. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a minute. Right. Keep Do going. Thing, Keep going. Um, not for y'all I was talking about. That was so distracting. Um, you got lost in your own eyes? I, yeah, I'm sure. I got, I got way lost in my own eyes. This is that Shadow of the Hedgehog chain. And that jean jacket, man, this guy should be a fashion designer. Um, 
Wait, what was that, Mary? What was that? What was that? Look, blessing. Here's you your backlogs. You don't do backlogs. That's what you were talking about. Yeah. Don't don't spoilers it for the for the everybody else. Yeah. If you're go. an audio listener, just stay an audio listener. Don't come over. Also, here. Uh, don't come over. Don't look at this. Don't look at this. Mary, can you can you slack me a copy of this for my own personal use? Thank you. But my my whole thing is like if I for all the games that I haven't played, if I wanted to play those games, I would have played those games. Right, like I'm, and Gray. I used to. I I grew up as a podcast beyond listener. Right, I ended up listening to uh, uh, PS Love You, all that stuff while Greg would be on. Right, and Greg would always say, "Old game is old." old game there was old. nothing that I disagreed with more. I was always like, "No, oh I love God. old games." That's what you used to always say, Greg. That's yeah. where they came from. I say it says that all the freaking time. Old game is old. That's a Greg Miller. You like had Greg Miller invade this house. You had him cross <laughs> the threshold. <laughs> That was a Greg Miller statement. And like, I used to disagree all the time. I used to be like, and whenever I was listening, I'd be like, no, man, I'm like, I love old games. I'm all yeah. about living in my retro stuff, which I still do, right? Like, I still I'm stand so by that. Hurt. I feel so betrayed. But like, for any game, like, le legitimately, like, for so many games that have come out that like could have been my own games, <laughs> I'm Bear's on fire this episode. I'm having too much fun. He's having way, he's having I'm, a lot I'm of enjoying fun. it. Also, what is this transition? Is that a glitch transition? Next. Or is that my Discord? Oh, man, it's old. Oh, my God. These are so good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I I don't know. Like, I, I, I find myself less motivated to go back and play old games that I missed. Because if I missed them, I probably missed them for a reason. Sure. Um, that said, the one game that's, that does come to mind for me is Mass Effect 2. Because that is a game that I started in January, not that long ago, because of Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Mass Effect has been a franchise that I've heard about for so long, and that I know would be my shit, because I love me a, I love me a good Western RPG where I can also shoot guns. Um, that's why I love <laughs> Fallout. That's why I, I like Cyberpunk. You know, that's why I love Deus Ex, right? Like, give me an RPG, give me the stats, give me a gun, and I'm good to go. Um, Mass Effect 1, I played when the Legendary Edition came out around this time last year, and really dug it. I really dug that game even for a game that uh, is over a decade and a half old. And Mass Effect 2 starting, started it. I knew it was the one that people revered the most out of the trilogy. And um, I, had, I had started to uh, really dig it and get into it. The problem is that I played it, and then like very shortly into getting into it, I got the code for Nobody Saves the World. And then, I got, uh, then we got later into January, and the review season started it. And so I got the code started, for yeah. Dying Light 2, followed by Horizon, followed by Sifu, followed by all these things. And I just never had the chance to go back to, to, to Mass Effect 2. And so that is the one game I have right now in my backlog where I'm like, okay, cool, I got to go back and, pl and, and play this. For other games, like I do kind of want to go back and check out Tales of Rise, but it's not something that I, I don't well, know This is like the legit one you'll go back to. Yeah, this is the legit one where I'm like, this is a plan. I'm going to go back and I'm going to play Mass Effect 2. Because but when, I though? Because you've been saying mm. this for a while. You know, we were talking Only like in so in inside baseball, like we were talking about like other backlog coverage we've done like on the show, because obviously like that's something we're always working on. And I remember having this conversation with you, Blessing, about Mass Effect 2, and I'm like, I don't think you're... I decided to uncharted it for you and be like, I don't think wow. you're going to do it. Mm. You don't have the this goal. Was, you still have it. I this don't know. Was, this was legit, like, only five episodes ago. This is, like, on the uh, the backlog episode. That's a good amount episode, of time. The spring cleaning episode. That's a good episode. amount of time. I, I, I never committed. Have you, played, I never, have, you, like, have you played since then? No. I, ne I never said I'm going to play it in the next five weeks. I just said I'm going to go back to it. Uh, and what, the idea so what's is... the plan for that? <laughs> Look at her. She's not even like trying probably, to make I don't know. Probably Google like the next season. Probably during the summer. There's not that much that's going on during mm. the summer. So I'll probably play it during the summer. I don't understand why you don't think I'm going to play it. I feel like there's no evidence to suggest that you will just go back and do something like that. Also, that game came out. I, ju I, I know just beat 13 said, Sentinels. I know you just, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's interesting because I feel like I could just, if you wanted to, you would reverse on you because that's like kind of your whole point, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I am not sure. 
that you'll do that. I also feel like 13 Sentinels, like, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not, I don't remember your history with that. That was like a first time you picked it up and then you're like, oh yeah, I've never got around to this game. Let me play it. And then you kind of went for it in that sort of swoop. I had, I had booted up 13 Sentinels when it came out in like 2020, played about three hours and then I dropped off of it because I thought it wasn't going to be for me. And then like a bunch of people from the audience recommended it again, like um, a few weeks ago. And that made me pick it up again and then like rewatch the cutscenes and then get super into it. Um, and then I realized it, it, it was for me. It was, it was one of those ones. Right now, the thing that like, the reason why I'm not hopping into 30, or into um, Mass Effect 2 right now at this moment is because I am preoccupied with like my Steam Deck and playing just a bunch of different indie games on that thing. Um, but like, and also like I want to save it for when I'm in the mood. That's the thing also is that I'm not necessarily in the mood for, for Mass Effect 2, especially coming off of like, both Elden Ring and 13 Sentinels. Like for me, these are meaty games. Elden Ring, especially being like a meaty, big, gigantic RPG game. I've been trying to like manage the, like I've been trying to find like different, different angles to play, like different kinds of games that'll like not necessarily tire me out for like an RPG, right? So like after I beat Elden Ring. Spacing out the boofy games, I understand. Yeah, spacing out the boofy games. Like even, I mean, and not even that, right? Cause like I beat Elden Ring and then immediately jump, jumped into Stranger of Paradise. But Stranger of Paradise, I, I think is like the antithesis of Elden Ring in every single way. And so it worked in that way, right? And then I hopped into Nintendo Switch Sports, right? Which is different. Then I hopped into Kirby, which is different, right? Like I'm trying to like, you know, give myself these different types of games to jump into. So I'm not like tiring myself on any sort of one, but mm -hmm. I will be in the mood for Mass Effect 2 at some point, especially because Starfield got delayed. And I know this is a PlayStation podcast, but I was very much looking forward to that. And now that you I'm not going to get that for a while, Mass Effect 2 is on the menu. Super weird, but you should just play it the day that Starfield was supposed to come out. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, this is my Starfield now. I'll definitely play it way before then. Maybe that's what I do for Mass Effect 3. Um, but yeah, Mass Effect 2, I'm definitely going to play. I imagine this summer. That's my plan. I mean, this is the first time playing through Mass Effect, right? Yep. I'm interested. Like, I want to... That's on my list, but it's not, like, anywhere soon. So I have no idea when or if I'll ever get back to Mass Effect. Uh, because I also got the collection when that came out. Um, but I'm curious to see, like, your progression through it. Because everyone says that, like, 2 is so much better than 1 to the point where you should maybe skip 1. But, like, I didn't want to skip 1 because I want the whole swoop. But then I didn't finish it anyway. So it didn't, it didn't really matter because either way I stopped. But I think 1 was um, great, honestly. Like, in Legendary Edition, at least. I was enjoying least. the bit I played of 1. But, I mean, it doesn't mean that those people are wrong. I was mm -hmm. just, like... But that kind of made me more excited for two because I'm like, oh, if they're saying like one is like a worse version than two, I'm like, well, that's pretty good. So I'm curious as to like the ways that they that they do build. So we'll be interested to hear once you do finish it, if you finish it, if you finish it, Gregory Miller. Yeah. Clear your mind. Uh, I forgot what the question was. What game do you still need to get to? <laughs> Uh, this is, I'm with, you know, I am the purveyor and the originator of old game is old. And so, you know, sometimes when the conversation moves on past, you're fucked. And so I went through, like, I was, I have my PlayStation on right here. And the amount of games that are still on my hard drives that I'm like, I need to go back to, I need to do something with, but it's like, will I ever actually come back and play Psychonauts 2? Will I ever actually come back and like Return of the Oberdin? People tell me all the time I would love it. It's just, I've tried, it's never clicked. Like I looked through this whole thing of things that are on my hard drive to go. And so I was with, I, I went and looked at him and I had to do, have that come to Jesus moment, bless of like, what will I really play? Like out of everything that's here that I say I need to play, what will I really play? And I have two and I won't, I'm gonna really make it one, so don't worry, don't get all on my face about it. All right, calm down, everybody. But I put Assassin's Creed Valhalla on here, which, if you remember, I've put like 70 or 80 hours into already. But it's like it is that game that I, I feel myself getting called back to, where I played so much of it at launch, like 30 hours, I think, for review, 25 hours for the review. 
then went a, never played it for the longest time. Then during paternity leave, went back to it, and it was just comfort food to go through. You know, run to the horizon, find the gold, find whatever. You know, do a raid. I've re- lately been been like, man, I could go for a big old RPG. I could go for a big old thing. And I'm like, well, I don't feel like starting from scratch. I do feel like dropping back in on Valhalla, and I'll get back to that eventually. And so that's like legitimately like it's not a game I need to get to, I guess, but it's a game I will get back to if that makes sense in terms of something I've. Uh, an older game that I actually will put more hours in than any, everything I just talked about, right? Mm-hmm. And then I also, but then I also have Moss Book Two on here, which you remember, of course. Yeah. I tried to play with PlayStation VR, and it's just like, ugh, like such a bad experience with that, the setup, the camera, the constant little shaking. And so that's coming to Quest Two, and if I don't hear, hey, here's the VR Two release date, and it's coming to VR Two at that, that date, I'll probably end up playing it on Quest, which doesn't help me as a PlayStation player on my trophy count. But I just can't do PlayStation VR. Like I just can't. Like I had such a, like. I, does that happen to you guys when you play your, with your PlayStation VR? That constant like little shake back and forth. And it's not that the camera's shaking. I have no idea what it is of misreading my lights or doing it. But I noticed that even with Iron Man, if I was standing still for the longest time, even and this one, my camera was in a great mounting position and everything was fantastic. I would still have this like constant little head shake that i hated interesting no i don't think i've ever had that but i have I've, like i've had a ton of other weird stuff right like usually for me it's the uh, move controllers that sure. will freak out for whatever reason like maybe the lighting isn't absolutely perfect in my room or like just one will start one hand will start drifting further and further from me and i'm like oh god my right hand where's it going like yeah. i have crazy stuff like that happen all the time i can't fucking wait for playstation vr 2 instead of yeah. tracking you don't have to worry about the yeah. lights or anything Right now, Bear has up the Moss 2 trailer, and like a second ago, it looked like one of the Spirited Away guys. Like, Bear, yeah, you see that? That's that's the ghost. That's uh, who you yeah. are. Oh. Yeah, you, you see yourself in reflections every so often. Yeah. yeah, that's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, okay, I do I get what you're saying. That does look like uh, No Face from Spirited Yeah. Away. Yeah, Great movie. yeah. Great I'm shot to eat that mouse. One of my favorite movies, honestly. Blessing, clear your mind. What game were you late to the party on? It's funny because I, I think I've talked about a couple of these already this week, but like, you know, 13 Sentinels obviously I just talked about. And then like uh, on Gamescast earlier this week, I talked a bit about um, my experience with Prey and coming back to Prey because we talked about Arcane for a little bit. Um, but I think my answer for for this question is going to be uh, Bloodborne. Like that was one mm. that um, I had played, I had bought in like 2016 or 2017 and played up to a certain point and was just like, this game is not for me. Like, I do not like this game. The we're like, I like the style of it, but the world just in the world and stare and, and story and narrative aren't doing enough for me to want to struggle through it. Like I was so, I was just frustrated with the game and didn't have the patience for it. And so I put it down for the longest time. And like over the years, I'll hear people talk about bloodborne and like go crazy about it and all these things and be like, and I'd be like, man, is this, is it true that this game is good? Or are people just like, you know, are they, are they, banging their head against the wall until they force themselves to like it. Like, what is the thing? the Kool-Aid kind of thing. Yeah, are they drinking the Kool-Aid? Like, are they trying to prove that they're good at games? Like, how how are people liking this game so much? And then in, in 2020, when I first joined, kind of funny, um, when I first joined PS I Love You, actually, um, we were talking about, like, PlayStation games. Obviously, we're talking about PlayStation games because it's a PlayStation podcast. But, like, one of the... Um, things I brought up were like was like trying to catch up on games that I might miss from like PlayStation because now that I'm on a PlayStation specific podcast now I feel like this um duty to go back and experience all the things that I missed so I made the list of oh, I want to play Days Gone I want to play Bloodborne I want to play XYZ thing and a couple months later in 2020 I started started up Bloodborne this is like February so it was like maybe a, a month later February I started up Bloodborne and sat down tried to go through it again got to that same place where I had struggled 
and then uh had my friend maria who's like who loves bloodborne right she sat down with me and tried to guide me through the first areas we got through the cleric beast and got she got me all the way to father gascoigne and i want to say i had i'd probably beat father gascoigne um and then i put the game down for for a bit because the game was just very stressful for me it was that combination of the gothic horror setting just being very scary and very stressful and then also just like the punishing nature of Bloodborne being a thing that just stressed me out. So, and so I put it I put it down. Enjoyed it more that time around, but I was like, okay, maybe I'll get back to this. Right now I'm not in the mood. And then it was that following December where I picked it back up during winter break and just fell in love with it. And that's a game that like I went I like I went from the opposite side of being like this is not for me. I do not like this is I'm good to like now bloodborne being one of my favorite games ever due to the due to the setting due to the story due to the combat due to like all the things i'll push put uh push away um and so yeah bloodborne is for sure my answer noise uh for me the one i put down which i was surprised by because i went through and dug through because again like games you were late to the party on right that you came around late to uh i was already thinking of it because shout out to aj shank who wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games before we came up with this trio of questions this was the original psn message uh, i was recently inspired by janet's replay uncharted 4 i haven't played the game since it launched on the ps4 in 2016 when it came out i enjoyed the game but it fell uh but it fell somewhat flat for me possibly due to the excitement and anticipation of the next Uncharted game releasing and not being a 10 out of 10 in my eyes. However, six years later on my PS5, I enjoyed my time with the game much more than I remember the first time through. My question is, what game did you replay years later and find yourself enjoying more uh, the time more after the time apart than you did the first time through. So I was already researching uh, that answer when I this when we merged it into this uh, trio of questions here to clear our minds. And I came up with God of War Chains of Olympus. Uh, of course, God of War Chains of Olympus is there. It is Janet. Hell you got yeah! It right there. You know what's up. Uh, this is the first PSP God of War game. Um, it had come out March 2008, so I was very much working at IGN. I was very much the PSP guy. Oh, look at that! They got a PS3 ad on the inside of it. Yeah, you made so, a great decision. What's your next one going to be? PlayStation Three, Play Beyond. They're like, you'll get yeah. a second job for it. Come on, it was games. Wait, we don't wait, have wait, that, wait. but like, we PlayStation you know. Three, Play Beyond. Is that what yes. it said? Yeah. Yeah. Is that where read- Podcast Beyond comes from? 100%. Yeah. How and what? Yeah, you didn't yeah. know. That? What, why did you no. think a word that sounded cool? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, why did unlock pick unlock? Don't tell me this is unlock achievements. Blessing. Oh, yes. My dude. You unlock, you unlock so many things. How am I supposed to know? No. Achievement oh, unlock. Wait, what is the big thing? Achievement the yeah. What? There was never a, Nintendo, a voice chat in Nintendo, right? <laughs> Back yeah, when the they joke. launched. That's the joke that yeah. there's no voice chat. So, Which also says volumes about the state of Nintendo. That's the name. That's no shade to people that made the name. <laughs> but I think it says a lot that the name is based on the one of the worst things that the company does. Well, to be clear, remember now the original Xbox podcast was three red lights. <laughs> so now, did, we, uh, when these IGN podcasts were starting, up. it's it's a testament to some you know that says more about the platform than anything but yes nintendo yes. bluetooth connectivity should be the name of um the, I, yeah. I guess they fixed that they fixed that one and then ps i love you is just, it's just cute you know i mean there's xoxo yeah. right but yeah. that's not like that's not anything you're not missing anything there that's just the name it's just, anyway. it's just we like how it's out anyway, uh, I'm anyways I'm yeah, yeah. So, you're talking because these are fun that came out in March 2008, and I wasn't a God of War guy, and I, you know, I wouldn't be, I don't think I am a God of War guy until 2018 God of War, but I remember previewing Ghost of Sparta years later and being like, oh man, this is really good, and then playing a lot of Ghost of Sparta and enjoying it, and so 
I remember that I went back and played Chains of Olympus, but I thought I always thought I had played Chains of Olympus at the time. I thought I played it at, in 2008. But looking at PSN trophies, a site blessing hates, but it's actually really helpful. Uh, I found that I had 70% of the trophies on the PS2 port in August or the PS3 port in August 2011. And there's no way I would have replayed that, like if I had played that much uh, of the original PSP game. So for all these years where I've, I know how much I love Ghost of Sparta, it turns out that, yeah, I actually love Chains of Olympus because I went back and played it on PS2 and had that experience there after I already knew that I liked it based on Ghost of Sparta, which I found fascinating. But, you know, these these are games, you know, from Ready at Dawn. Of course, maybe you know from The Order, maybe you know it from uh, the VR work they're doing now. But these were the games that put them on the map, and I thought they were so good in that PSP format, and it worked better for Kratos' story than the overall did thing. Because remember... Ghost of, or yeah, Ghost of Sparta was the one where you're chasing down his brother and stuff. Like they were actually tackling his backstory a little bit. Like I really dug that aspect of it rather than just being a who can I have sex with and then whose face am I gonna rip off? You know, I, I enjoyed that change and that's what came late to it, but that was it for me. What about you, Janet? Um, yeah, well also just shout out to Chains of Olympus, because I was I was literally talking about that game today earlier with Isaiah where he was like, Oh, just play the old God of Williams. I'm like, Yeah, I played all the old ones and Chains of Olympus. The only way I haven't played is maybe the one you mentioned in like Ascension, that's the prequel. Yeah, yeah, Ascension as well. Came after three, yeah. And that wasn't that like wasn't good, right? I remember people. It wasn't bad, but yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. Like, it was one of those you have to worry about. Um, but yeah, and I, this is my original copy too. So I was like, I saw Chains yeah. of Olympus on here, and I got excited. But for me, um, something I came late to. I mean, I think the common one that I've talked about a lot already. So I'll probably keep this one brief and then give one that I can talk about less. Um, but Last of Us, because in that one, the interesting part for me is that I replayed the beginning of Last of Us at least three or four times and no it's not because i was so moved by the opening though the opening is nice i'm not gonna say it's not nice but it was one of those things where like i just kept trying to play it and it never quite worked like i had i think um like even like i borrowed a copy from a friend in college on for the ps3 and i was playing on there and then that didn't end up i didn't end up finishing it there and then i used the ps4 copy and i played on the ps4 and i didn't end up finishing it there i kept only playing at that first like few hours like i'd meet um bill and then like that was kind of it or i don't even think i met bill the first few times i played it so i got like a little bit through each time but never anything significant and i do think it i wouldn't say it like turned me off to the game but it did was an interesting like weird coloring for me because personally that first like few hours did not blow my mind i thought it was good but i wasn't like seeing what other people would always talk about with the last of us so i'm like well i still want to stick it through i'm enjoying it but i'm not like enamored by it it's just a game that i really want to finally see through that i keep not committing to then i had another story of like i started playing it but i didn't have like um ps plus at the time so like the cloud save stuff wasn't really like there (laughs) so then when i i remember the day it was like only a few years ago that i booted it up like i brought the playstation over like my family got like an airbnb to visit us for like a thanksgiving like really recently like in 2018 or night well whatever like pre-pandemic but like pretty recently like when i was living in like in in um san francisco and stuff and they came through and like oh we'll get like a place so we can make make a turkey or something we have the ps4 i'm like great i'll play last of us and then the the pain of realizing (laughs) that i didn't have that section and i still don't even remember i think i did replay it because i I think at one point we're like isaiah can you just get us where we were before because i just can't replay i've seen that opening so many times um but finally like i decided to stick it through because i I was going to be on the guide for last of us 2 um so i'm like okay definitely now's the time to finish last of us 1 before last of us 2 code comes in and i finally just sat through and like kind of binged through it and i loved it like the moment i loved it was that 
upside down refrigerator moment which people you know yeah. sometimes be like oh it took that long or like that that was my moment for me where i felt like this is really doing something different and it feels special and it feels exciting and stressful and fun and then from there you know the rest is history like i love last of us i still actually have not played um freaking what is it the dlc Oh, left behind. behind yeah i still need to play that so i might do i'll either do just jump into that maybe like this year during halloween time or i'll do like our replay i mean if the remakes ever come out that would be awesome especially if they make the platinum not require you to beat the game on the hardest difficulty because i don't want to do that i just don't want to <laughs> so we'll see what what comes of that um but then i, I also just really quickly want to shout out crash 4 because that was a game that i played i think i forgot if it was like a preview build or i had played like a demo like i had played a little slice of that game before it came out or like after it came out and i thought it was fine but i'm someone that didn't like the crash trilogy i felt like it the hitboxes felt off to me the jump felt weird even compared to like i booted up the original like on uh what is it ps1 or ps2 at the time or like whatever version and i was like i like this one more even though this one looks way worse so i just kind of i thought i was just done with crash and then i played through crash form like, let me actually try to like give this game a shot and it is one of the best platformers i've played in the modern era Ooh! it is very hard it is very hard <laughs> but i and I, I went i did play with my brother so me and my brother can't finish games we finished crash 4 together sure and, you and can then, sure you can and i love too like shots if you're someone that likes doing the co-op thing um and can make time for it i love that crash 4 has that formally built in well they can have a player one and two and you can like put into the game like do you want to take turns every death every checkpoint so we did every checkpoint and kind of went back and forth on that and it was so much fun to play and i feel like too if you're into like a lot of content like if you want like the completionist run of that game is freaking insane and super hard um and my treat after finishing this was watching the completionist video on it um just to see what i would never do because it is too difficult but yeah it is incredibly designed it's super fun it's like doing some interesting things with i think if you've been a fan of the series for a long time bringing in these different characters and sort of timelines and it's just a fantastic game and it's one that i feel like when it first came out even though it's not like that crazy of a late to the party thing i kind of slept on it and was like i don't know it's gonna be a crash game and i don't know if crash is really for me at this point and then i played this and i'm like holy cow not enough people are talking about how good this game is so if you have not played crash 4 and you like platformers and are also okay with like a level of platforming challenge because it is a hard game you got to go play it because it's fantastic i did I, I never finished it by any stretch of imagination but i was in a similar boat of like oh crash that's not really going to be for me and then i tried it and i did a couple nights with it and i had a really good time with it like it, i i wasn't motivated to come back finish it get all the wampa fruit or anything but like it was just fun to play through and see what they were doing and how they were changing up as it went blessing clear your mind it's clear what game are you just never going to touch again I feel like if you're a, if you're a, <clears throat> a listener of this podcast that's been listening for a while, you probably know my answer, and that answer is Days Gone. The book club. The book club. It it ties it ties back into you like the, the Bloodborne thing, right? Of like I wanted to play Days Gone just because it was a PlayStation first party game that I that like was a premium play, PlayStation first party game, right? Like it looked like it had the polish of like a ghost or a horizon, right? Like you fit it in with like, oh yeah, a big PlayStation first party game that is going for thir the third person action, big thing, right? Um, and so like for some, to some extent, I felt like I had the obligation to play it as somebody who's hosting a, pl a PlayStation podcast. For sure. And, you know, we did it for the book club. And, you know, after playing about two hours, very quickly I realized that like, it just wasn't for me. And like, I was very bored by it. And I was like, I don't have the patience to put in the however many hours it takes to beat this game, which I heard was a lot of hours compared to like a lot of the other ones. If it was like 15 hours or something, maybe I pushed through it, but apparently it's like what 30 to 40 hours. If I'm trying to like do the open world shit and hang out in there. 
and I just don't have one. I don't have the patience for it, and then two, it goes back to my old game is old thing. Now is I just don't have the desire to do it, and like why play something that I don't have the desire to play, right? Like um, yeah. Yeah. for me, it's kind of, it's kind of as simple as that. And like I think you know if it if you know speaking of Last of Us, right? Like if Last of Us wasn't another PlayStation Sony exclusive, maybe I'd be more receptive and open to it because typically i am really into the post-apocalyptic stuff i am into zombie stories i am into you know ex- exploring a, a you know dilapidated like fucked up world and like going for the survival thing those are all things that really um speak to me right like that's why i love uh last of us is why i love like walking dead telltale that's why I even like doug fallout 3 right like just give me a post-apocalyptic world to explore but days gone and um uh, from jumping into it i think immediately i was just like I feel like I've done this before. Oh man, I don't know if this is as interesting as I want it to be. Oh man, I don't like how this feels to control. And like, I don't like the attitude of the characters and all that stuff. Like so much of it didn't speak to me automatically. And it's one that um, I've pretty much given up on. It's one that I don't feel the need to, to to check out for any reason. Aside from like maybe living up to the book club, but hey, the book club is dead. <laughs> Isn't that right, Jack? The no. only way to bring the book club back is to face this game, you know, to get we can't to do another, spell. We can't choose another book club, uh, you know. Well, it, club. Again, I always say I just feel bad for the community members who played through this specifically to it's like that they don't like, exist. Yeah, like, I, no, there's people. There's people. There's like but people yeah, who little, maybe jump back in. I don't think they played specifically for. I hey, think there's definitely at least one person that did that. Like, come on. And there's to that be person, one. I, I, hey, man, <laughs> you know, my heart goes out to you <laughs> hey man from blessing also the hell to be on the game 36 and a half hours it is quite long i oh, will no. say i am kind but of that's... bummed that i never beat that game because i i was doing the guide on it so my progress was very slow uh like me among like other team members and stuff and freelancers but yeah i got like halfway through it and like i kind of want to finish it because like the story goes to some places where i'm like I'm not saying this is it's definitely not a good story, but I am like I kind of I want to I kind of want to finish it. But I don't know if I want to put up with the work that it would take to finish it to your point blessing, because admittedly, yeah, I was not. I think I actually did like it a little more than you um, based on your description of it, but Mm. I definitely was not enamored by it. And I was like happy to be relieved of the project when I was able to get which is why I didn't I didn't finish the game because I was like, okay, I'm still working on Days Gone. It's going to take me a long a lot more time to finish what i'm doing They're like we can just freelance out the last pieces like just move on to something else and i'm like all right i didn't go crazy crazy with side missions but i probably did a bit because i'm me about it like but i my i remember being 45 or 50 hours that game. yeah yeah it's 51 Jesus. plus with main plus extras completionist is 63 and a half and it was that thing where it's like at some point i was like oh my god this just doesn't end i started mainlining main missions and it still took me that long but i don't yeah. know when that was and i'm also this is years ago, so who the fuck knows? What yeah, and I, and I think to like you know to um, paint a picture a little bit, right? Like all of us here got super into Dying Light too, and that's a game that I also mm-hmm. wasn't looking to, like too much forward to, right? Like I saw the Dying to Knows, which were like their um, presentations about the sure. game, and I'll see those and I'd be like, oh, okay, that seems like an interesting thing. Oh man, oh, okay, you can make decisions. Oh, that seems all right. Okay, cool. Like I'll I'll read and see stuff about the game and go, oh that, that stuff looks alright. But I was never like over the top ecstatic about Dying Light 2. And then like I ended up loving Dying Light 2, right? I yeah. did not like the end, but like for the most part, I really enjoyed my time with that game. And I think the reason for that compared to something like Days Gone is that like Dying Light 2, I think knew what it wanted to be. And 
did had the things that separated it from other games right it had the parkour it had the um the combat and really doubled down on making those two things very satisfying while also just making its world fun to be in days gone just didn't feel fun to be in for me like I think the too, motorcycle stuff that, that wasn't like worthwhile for me yeah also the motorcycle stuff was very semi because you did need to fill that thing up with gas and yeah. like you have not lived until you ran out of gasoline in that motorcycle and had to walk it back to the next gas station i was like this is not this is too realistic for me um but as far as dying light 2 i do want to quickly like shout that out because you had brought it up now that more time has passed and i still have the same take on dying light 2 which is that it is a good game and but i now more comfortably recommended to people with the asterisk the big asterisk of it does kind of fall apart in the last couple hours and you got to be okay with that and if you're like if that's true i don't want to play it then i would advise you maybe not to but if you're okay with that which i think it is worth dealing with to be okay with that um you should play it now that i've kind of gotten some distance because it really it really did break me at the end. It, I, it I think it broke really all of us. It was we were really all very disappointed. I lost my save. Yeah. I yeah. was in like, you may be asking yourself, why are you guys always finishing these games at two or three in the morning? And Deadlines. honestly, poor time management. Poor time management. I'll be honest. But and at one point, too, when you see the end, you're like, I'm just going to go for it. At least that's how I play a lot of games. Oh, of course. Like that. When, when you get to, hey, this is the point of no return. Hey, from here yeah, on out, like, you're like, oh, then I can't I be already, that far off. And I'm like, well, it's 1 a.m. now. This is already not a good amount of time to sleep, so let's just double down and we'll take a nap later or something. But, like, the ending really did break me. I really did turn to the Joker. I was crying tears from laughing, from laughing so hard at the ending. Um, I cannot oversell how rough that ending was. But now the time has passed and the wounds have healed. I do, once again, want to recommend that game. And, I, and if I wasn't doing it for review, too, I think it would have been, like, an even cooler experience of really digging into even more of the side stuff i did do side stuff for the review but you know it's not it's always a little bit tethered to like wanting to maybe finish it or just deciding if you want to make the decision of rolling the credits or not but yeah that was definitely a, a it, good one that kind of snuck up on me as well where i wasn't expecting a lot and even though it floundered the end i still feel like i got more than i was expecting it sucks the timing that it came out though because that's a game that i wanted to go back and do side stuff like i was so but, into dying light 2 that i'm so bad in that game too which is yeah is it really but that's, mm-hmm. my, that's my thing if I can chime in is that I talked about it a little bit on Games Daily today and I'm right there with everything we're saying about Dying Light 2 where it is one that sits on my hard drive and I do expect to get back to it one day. Like today they delayed the story DLC and I was like, oh man. But remember like Dying Light 1 was report, supported for five years. They've already said they're supporting yeah. this one for five years. I bet they'll support it longer than that actually. And so like for as bad as the Platinum is with like, hey, to get the upgrades, you have you had to commit it one way or stockpile them or whatever. I imagine they patch that. I imagine they put more of those in there and do it. Like, I think coming back to that game in six months or whatever to play more of it and do whatever expansions they've added, it'll actually be a pretty good, good experience. Yeah, and like to, to go back to what I was saying, right? Like, you know, that game came out, you talk about deadlines, right? Like that game came out right before, again, like Seafood Horizon. Horizon, all that stuff, right? And so like, I was like, dude, I need to finish this today because if I don't finish it today, I'm going to get the code for Seafood tomorrow or, or uh, Horizon tomorrow. You already tomorrow. had it. That was the thing. Yeah, I, I, you I, I did already have it, yeah. You would switch to Seafood while I was still finishing Dying Light 2, and then Horizon came while that was happening, and I was like, I'm not starting Horizon until I finish Dying Light. Yeah, and I was also in the place of um, the game ate my save um, because of a, that a was wild. common glitch. And so, like, yeah. I was what 20 hours into the game probably and then like i had to take a break uh and like because i was the had to hit up the devs to be like hey can you fix a save or whatever and they're working on their own thing but then i was like damn i'm kind of craving more time like too and i started from the beginning like i made another save state in my playstation and played like another seven hours from the beginning because I was digging the game that much. Like, that's how much I was enjoying Dying Light 2. And then eventually I got this, I got the news save and, like, finished the rest of the game. But, man, like, I when I finished it, 
as frustrated as I was with it, I was like, I do want to go back and just do a bunch of side quests because like it is such a fun game to just exist in and and do shit in and solve the puzzles. Like the platforming puzzles in that game are fucking amazing. Yeah. One day we'll Uh, get back to it. For me, never gonna touch again. Like, it's your mind. Yeah, you clear your mind. I mean, I did it ahead of time when I wrote down the questions that were from the thing, but uh, like, there's two that jump to mind. The first being Elden Ring. Of just like, you know, I did it that hour and a half when we first got codes, but it was between whatever two reviews I was working on. I'm like, I see it. I understand it. I don't think it's for me as always. And, you know, coming off of Bloodborne 2, where I finished Bloodborne and and turned out like, no, this never turned the corner for me to become something that I was like, this is amazing for me. Like, I understand why it's great. It's the same thing of like, we did a stream for charity a couple weeks ago now. And uh, I restarted it and then went back to my save uh, with the character because I like that build better for Elden Ring. And I was thinking maybe when I'm streaming it and I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm just joking on the chat or whatever. It's like I played, you know, for however many hours we were alive and I'm just like, I just don't like this. And like, I'm never. And so I, I still have that th- thought every so often. It comes around the carousel of just like, well, it is going to be game of the year. So I probably should play more of it. And I should. And I'm like, I get it, though. Like, I get why people like it. Like, I understand. And I've seen, you know gameplay and i've seen andy and i've seen streams and i've seen this and it's like i i just don't like it like (laughs) i just don't like souls games not because they're difficult just because i just don't like how it's presented i like i when i'm playing and i'm like it's similar to when we started bloodborne and i think we talked about this uh on this episode or maybe on an episode recently maybe it was gamescast it was gamescast right we're doing our develop top developers and we talked about how from software's design has influenced everything since then right and remember blessing when we did that first stream of bloodborne and i got to father gascoin and i almost beat him on the first thing and you guys were all so impressed and i'm like it's kind of cheating though right because like this is how fallen order played this is how i think odyssey plays to an extent and it's that thing of when i'm in the when i'm in elden ring and i'm like all right well i'm gonna level up and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna take on that i'm like but i also could go back to valhalla i could also go back to odyssey games that i enjoy stem to stern i enjoy every aspect of it more than what i get out of this or what i got out of bloodborne and so i wish i could force myself to sit there and play it and turn that corner it's just it just doesn't do it for me and i hate yeah. that. i mean i don't i like i definitely don't think it's a greg game like yeah. when i think of the things that you enjoy in games like and when i think of the things that i enjoy about elden ring it is I just really love the combat. Like the combat is my shit. I really enjoy the boss fights. I really enjoy giving it like try after try, and I really enjoy like exploring the open world and finding all the all the secrets and all the the um, Easter eggs and all that stuff. Right? Like for me, those are the two things that I really adore about Elden Ring. But I don't know if for you if combat is the thing that really drives you drives you crazy in that same way that it drives me or drives me crazy in a good way. Right? Like I don't think sure. that's the thing that you get super excited about. Whereas like if there was like a more forefront narrative or more like you know traditional like quest get a camera and you take photographs or you know you hold hands with animals because i'm the same way like Mm. i look for i think for me with elden ring i i don't know i want something more to grab onto that isn't just guides and and wandering um even though i get the the idea of like oh it's open and it's a big adventure and i'm like i like an adventure that's a little bit more constructed um mm. in a more in my face way you know like i want the handholds i want did the, you like did you, know. you like breath of the wild yeah i love breath of the wild because like, like i feel like that is the most direct comparison for Elden yeah, Ring. But like, like again like breath of the wild still and and Elden Ring tells you a little bit but it really doesn't tell you anything um and you know it's funny because like isaiah's playing it now and i am i am in the same boat as you greg where it's like yeah, I don't really like it, but maybe I should like give it another like try. Like for me, I played like maybe four hours of it, um, and a little bit more, so maybe like five hours. 
and but I'm seeing Isaiah play it now. He's finally like going through it. I think it's his first Souls game, um, and sort of. Um, and watching him play it, I'm like, maybe I should play this, but I can't handle. Here's why I'm not going back so so far. I can't handle the pain, even if it's just internally. Even if I never tweet about it and no one has to know. I can't. Ha- I don't know if I can handle living with myself having downloaded the game, tried the game, deleted the game, re-downloading the game, and then deleting it again. Like yeah, I don't know if I yeah, can do yeah. the one over. Like I don't know if I could. Um, I, I don't know if I can clown myself to that level. Is is my hesitation? But yeah, because with Breath of the Wild too, it's just it's it's apples and oranges. Like I get that they are evoking some of the same things, but like. Breath of the Wild has like, you know, you can have a, a house and you can kind of get cute outfits and they tell you straight up, it's these four things or you can go straight for Ganon. There's the four things. That's kind of it. And it's like, it's way easier. And you have like all this, like, I do you're, think... you're not specking too. like Elden Ring, like locks you into like a character that you don't know anything about. And they're like, good luck. And then they're like, you got the Zabumafu scroll. And I'm like, what is this? And they're like, I don't know. Like, and I'm like, mm, where do I find more herbs to unlock the scroll? And then like someone gives you a hug and then something bad happens to you. And then they tell you that part, but it's like, and I don't know which way to go. And they're like, well, this is pointing you where you need to go next, but you're not good enough to go there now. I'm like, cool. Where do I go now? They're like, you just go around. And I'm like, I don't know what I need to I do, do here. I, I, I do think structurally, like, to get I, I, where I, go. I wouldn't say they're apples and oranges per, uh, per se. What's this, Barrett? Thank you. Zabufafu. What are you talking uh, about? Yeah. I, 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 didn't I watch use the phrase Zabufafu all the time. Also, that show, amazing. I used to watch it all the time when like I had to stay at my mom's job at the laundromat after school a lot and like that would be one of the things playing on the tv yeah like I, I i wouldn't necessarily say they're apples and oranges apples and oranges in the way that like they're that different in terms of structure because like in the way that breath of the wild is like oh yeah you have four things figure out how to do them and then you can go toward the the last thing elden ring do, does do that exact same thing but i do think that elden ring is a bit more just like uh cryptic about it right like they're more it's kind of more hardcore about it of like oh yeah, yeah we'll tell you but before you know it you gotta or before you get it you have to beat the first big boss and then we'll tell you about all the guys that you need to defeat to get to the end of the game and like it is it like it's not it's it's not for every everybody is the thing for me right like i i think i talked about it like a few months ago that like there was a video that i really i really dug back in the day um from a channel called uh, extra credits where they talked about like the different ways that people play video games and like the different uh, things that people look out of video look look for in a video games and like they talk about the completionist. They talk about like the person who's competitive. They talk about like the person who wants story, right? And like the ways in which these different types of uh, players receive different types of games. And like as like you know, Elden Ring speaks to me so much as somebody who I like getting good at combat. Like I like getting real good yeah. at the game. What I don't like is completionist stuff, right? And I'm not mm-hmm. a platinum person, right? Greg is a platinum person, and that's why Greg might um, gravitate towards something like Assassin's Creed or something that has a world that is about like exploring and taking in things and completing tasks and going through all these things where like i hear that i try that and i'm like ah no i'm good (laughs) like i i'm gonna go back to this other thing i'm gonna go back and play a fighting game right like i think Elden ring speaks so much to a certain category of player and it speaks to that category of player perfectly but i would also say that Elden ring isn't a game for everybody i don't think i don't think everybody should play Elden ring and i don't think it's going to speak to everybody in that way janet Clear your mind. What game are you just never going to touch again? I think Shadow of the Colossus. Sorry, bless. Great pick. But Great pick. I think the reason I'm going with this one um, is because I played it. I, try, I tried it two different times. Um, and the first time was the God, because there was like the there's the original, the, the remake on PS3 and then the remake on PS4. Right. Or remaster. Is that correct? 
the, the remaster, remaster was, was on PS3, PS3 and then the yeah, remake, remake was, was PS4. PS4. Sure. Yeah. I played the remaster on PS3 and uh, my first, this is like, I feel like this is so, it's such an intense take. So like, look, I just don't like Shadow of the Colossus. I don't even have like a big critical stance on it. It just didn't vibe with me because I didn't play that much of it. But when I played the remaster on PS3, I was like, yeah, this kind of needs to be remastered again. <laughs> it just looked very, and I get that you're like in a sandy area, but I'm like, it's so like, it's it's slow and it's dusty and it's like I just wasn't that interested in in what it was sort of presenting to me. Um, so I kind of bounced off of it. And then when the remake did drop on PS4, I was like, well, maybe I should give it another go. And because I'm chaotic, even as I say this, I'm like, maybe, maybe one day. But the number one reason why I don't think I'm going to return is because you guys did your um, review of Shadow of the Colossus and greg had the same kind of cadence and was like i'm gonna give it a go again or give it another go or whatever and at the end of that journey he had the same conclusion he already had and because i'm greg miller i feel like looking into my own future i know that it's not gonna work so that's why i am less inclined that's why it's on my list of never to touch again because even though it would be nice to see more of it because i don't really feel like i gave it the most genuine try because I didn't spend much time with it. I also feel like maybe I already know the answer to this. And it's always this tricky is... to determine that, right? Like when do I need more time? Yep. And when do I know really early? It's such a push and pull thing. Such a push and pull thing that is unique to our jobs. And I think in a lot of ways, our industry where it's like, if something is critically acclaimed and you know, it's beloved and you play it and you don't like it, it's so hard to walk away from because then you get in these conversations that we've all had with each other about a million different things, but like, Oh, you didn't finish that. You didn't play it. And I was like, I didn't like it. Oh, but you, you, what about this? And what about that? And like, you know, we can all love and appreciate different things in games. And it's so hard sometimes when you're like, I love this part of a game. I love this moment in a game. And you give it to somebody, you show to somebody, they play it and they don't connect the same way. And so like, yeah, it's that thing of like, for me, there is both such a relief to having finished Shadow of Colossus. There's a relief of I got there and it, it you know, it, what I they were who the, I thought they were. Like, I, you know, I mean, it just, the game just didn't click. But then it's still the same thing of like I beat myself up about an Elden Ring, where it's like, fuck, maybe I should. But it's like I know, I know, just mechanically, I don't want to play that game. And now there's anything wrong with those mechanics; they're just not for me. And games cannot be not for you, but you want to. It's always in the back of your head, scratching around. Yeah, I like and I I I feel I hear that right in terms of like not wanting or not be not being as receptive to, to like Shadow Colossus because it's a game that I hear a lot of people be like, yeah, I tried it and it didn't work, and I'm like, cool, it's fine that it didn't work because like I don't think Shadow Colossus is a game like very similar to Elden Ring, right? Like it's a game that I don't think is gonna work for a lot of people, um, and I think part of that is the time it's been since Shadow Colossus first came out. Like that's a game that I played on PS2 and fell in love with on PS2. And then I played the PS3 master PS3 remaster and dug it so much. Then I played the PS4 remake and dug it so much. But I will say playing the PS4 remake, even though like I have such a soft spot in my heart for Shadow Colossus and like I like absolutely adore that game. Playing the PS4 remake, I was like, yeah, I could see I could see how this wouldn't work as well in 2022. It's the same way that like 20 years from now, if you give somebody Journey or if you give somebody mm -hmm. like uh, like a handful of games that might have worked for you so well at the time, there's a chance that that might just not work because games have progressed so much since then. And it might be like, you know, Journey, for example, because I because Journey is a game that so many people love. And I played Journey and I was just like, oh, I seems fine. Like, I'm not I'm, I'm not really in, lo in, in love with this this thing. It's a when game that I'm sure though, by the like the little tiny steps when the little person was like collapsed on there. Did that move you? Did that do anything for you? No, not really. Like I liked how the sand yeah. looked. I like how I like how, sand, how beautiful it, it looked. The sand looked real good. The sand looked really good. Yeah, but that's a game that I remember. Like it touched so many people, and it 
just didn't touch me in that same way, right? But yeah, I'm sure Journey is a game that will go on to like li- will will live on to be something that is seen as influential and yeah. impactful and memorable, right? And like um, iconic. And I think so much of that is rooted in it being like in it, it being this indie darling, an early indie darling, right? It going for like um, this really cool, unique mechanic and the multiplayer stuff that they hid in that way, right? Like I think so much of that stuff is there and i can see so much of why somebody would love that but that also doesn't mean that it's gonna hit uh, everybody because it is art right and like when we were, at the end of the day when we we're talking about video games right like video games are art and oftentimes that means that art is going to work for some, one person it's not going to work for somebody else because it's so much up to interpretation and shadow colossus for me is like one of the games that is like the most up for interpretation like it is so hard for me to describe why i love shadow colossus as as much as i do i think part of it is that i love puzzles and it's at at its core a puzzle game i think another part of it is like playing it on the pstos and all of like graphically how big these colossi creatures was and like was so into that journey of finding them all but i think i think the other big part of it is like the art of it right like what is it going for what is the message like what like how does this game look how does this game sound right like I think so much of that just struck a chord with me in a way that it's not going to struck a chord with everybody. Um, and so I think it's I think it's just one of those games. And yeah, it's one that I it's one that I uh, when we talk about the remake, right? The remake I would recommend one hundred percent to for anybody to check out. Specifically though, if you're a fan of Shadow Colossus already, it's so hard for me to like recommend it to people that already aren't into Shadow Colossus or right. don't think they'll be into Shadow Colossus. I don't think it's for those people. I think the remake was already for the fans, and I think for that it worked. Well, you know what works for me? Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. If you go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, of course, you can write in to be part of the show. You can get the post show we do. You can watch us record the show live. And of course, you can get the show ad free. But speaking of ads, Greg Way, you're not on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So here's a word from our sponsor. Shout out to MeUndies for sponsoring this episode. You know those days when your coffee shop is out of cold brew and your air conditioner breaks, you try to go to the beach, but there's zero parking spots? Yeah. Life can be hard. Good thing MeUndies is here to help you take a break from the hardships of the world and give yourself a soft summer. Of course, I don't need to tell you. I got the MeUndies shirt. I got the MeUndies lounge pants. I'm wearing the MeUndies undies, the socks. Even my face mask is MeUndies. I absolutely love MeUndies and their soft micromodal fabric, and you're going to love it too. I absolutely guarantee it. With MeUndies light and breathable micromodal fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from in sizes extra small all the way up to 4XL. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you. Any first-time purchasers, you can get 15% off. If you sign up for the free-to-join membership, you can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices. Uh, To get 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S dot com slash kindoffunny funny shout out to credit karma for sponsoring this episode have you ever been rejected for a credit card it happens way too often that's why credit karma created karma confidence technology helping members apply with more confidence are you earning credit card rewards credit karma can help you compare your rewards options so you can find a card that fits your lifestyle helping you earn miles or cash back for spending money that you're gonna spend anyways of course i'm a huge fan of that i love credit karma one of my favorite features is how credit karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before 
you even apply, which helps you apply with more confidence. And then it doesn't affect your credit score. Credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. Uh, they also partner with a wide range of card issuers so you can be sure that you're exploring all sorts of options. I love Credit Karma. It's so easy to use. Fantastic stuff. Credit Karma, create your own karma. Ready to find the card for you? Head to Credit Karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today. Go to creditkarma.com or the Credit Karma app to find the card for you. That's creditkarma.com. Blessing, what's happening in the PlayStation this week? Uh, right as we were starting the show, there was a breaking story from Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. And let me tell you, this one is both like kind of funny, but also is like a what the fuck kind of story of like, how does this happen? <laughs> um, the Jason put out an article titled Sony PlayStation staff fume over CEO's abortion comments. The article reads like this. Some staff at Sony are seething following an email Thursday from the head of PlayStation that urged employees to, quote, respect differences of opinion on abortion rights before entering into five detailed paragraphs about his two cats' first birthday. The email opens by addressing several current events, including the recent leak of a draft uh, U.S. Supreme Court opinion that signaled an intention to overturn the landmark 1973 case Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion nationwide. Many corporations have felt pressure from employees to comment on the case, but most video game companies have remained silent on the matter. In the email seen by Bloomberg, uh, PlayStation president Jim Ryan didn't take a stance on abortion rights. Instead, writing that the company and community are, quote, multifaceted and diverse, holding many different points of view. He wrote that, quote, we owe it to each other and, play and, and to PlayStation's millions of users to respect differences of opinion among everyone in our internal and ex external communities. Respect doesn't respect does not equal agreement, but it is fundamental to who we are as a company and as a valued global brand, end quote. Ryan then went on to write that he would, quote, uh, would like to share something lighthearted to help inspire everyone to be mindful of having balance that can, ease, <laughs> that can help ease the stress oh, of uncertain God. world events, uh, saying it was recently his saying it was saying it was recently his two cats first birthday and elaborating over the next few paragraphs about his cat's birthdays, uh, the birthday cakes, their, no <laughs> their noises and his desire to oh one day God. get a dog. In internal discussions viewed by Bloomberg, which hasn't been previously reported, employees at several PlayStation studios expressed their displeasure at the tone of the email. Some women wrote that they felt their rights were disrespected or trivialized by the message. One employee said they'd, quote, never been so mad about a cat birthday before, end quote. Again, this broke as we were starting the episode of uh, PS Love You XOXO, and it's one that, like, I almost don't know how to react to you because it seems like an SNL sketch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well where do we get these cat birthday cakes because also i want to get one for my cat but all that aside um there's a lot going on here i mean i feel like what you could have said was nothing i mean i think clearly this is meant to do the classic let's diffuse by saying you know what about both sides and then kind of yeah. walking away um it's not even so much that i necessarily expect actually i don't expect any companies to really take a stance on this i think because it is seen as controversial in the united states people don't want to be in support of it i think it's easy to be in support of things that are like oh no one would ever disagree with this um like you know things like natural disasters where like no one's in favor of the nature turning people right like there that's a very it's still nice to see things like that and those efforts do matter but it's a lot harder to, to take a stance on something like this because people are going to be mad at you either way um and that's where i think you know 
the morality and the judgment comes in. And, you know, I, I had quote tweeted this and I'm like, I, I don't think I need to. Well, I said accept, but people were like, he said respect. And that's a different word. First of all, the definition of respect when used as a verb is to consider of worthy of high esteem or regard or to refrain from interfering with. Um, I don't think I need to respect or accept or whatever anyone's opinion if that opinion comes at people's lives in existence and livelihood. Um, I think accepting and respecting opinions it does have a place when it comes to some elements of larger policy. But at the end of the day, like you cannot separate policy from the people that those policies do affect. And I think there are certain degrees at which policies do become inhumane and messed up and rooted in systematic oppression of minority groups or of marginalized groups of which people that have uteruses are part of that group. Um, so yeah, that's why I don't really vibe with this. And I get that there will be people that'll say, oh, well, like this is some people's belief or whatever. And you're welcome to have your beliefs, but to impose those beliefs, whether they're um, your own moral logic, whether they're religion, that has nothing to do with me, right? Like everyone's down for separation of church and state until it's like, oh, well, that's not what I want to have happen. So that's really the beef here and where I feel like there will be people, you know, both CEO level, in the industry or just colloquially online of, you know, peers, fellow gamers in the industry that will say, oh, well, this, that and the other. Again, I'm not here to argue for you to believe what I believe when it comes to like when life begins or all that. I'm here to argue for our rights or like my right as a person that this affects to be able to do what I want and what I feel is best for my body and my life. Um, and that's that's just that's that's the end of it. You know, I feel like. I wish y'all had the same energy for the kid that does not exist that I could have that if you had the same energy for me and my rights and like my being here and having say on on my body and my livelihood and people are like, oh, well, it's not about you don't lose your life. And you first of all, you can. And like, I don't know, it's just such a it's a ridiculous era to be in that the fact that we're running this back in the modern era. But yeah, this does not shock me. It is the it, it's the easiest cop out ever to be like, well, you know, what about both sides? And I think the fact of you know, bringing up like, let's something lighthearted, take your mind off it. It's nice that you have the privilege to have your mind off of this topic. I think people need to be aware that the ability to tune out from this and have and kind of walk away, like while that can be needed for mental health to a degree, that is a privilege you might have because it does not affect you, at least not directly. Anyway, I argue that affects all society, but you know, that's my rant. And it was perfect. Like, yeah. Fuck like, off, Jim Ryan. What a terrible fucking thing to say. What a terrible read on the situation. What it's like everything Janet just said. And then to like, just, if, if this is, if your stance is going to be this milk toast and this playing both sides, don't say anything. Don't say it. And then follow up with this fucking story about your cats and your goddamn desire for a dog. What the fuck are you talking about? Like people's lives are going to be ruined by this decision. Yeah. Even if you want to be like the both sides argument, there's a side of your your staff of your company that's furious about this why would you think this is the way to talk to them about this the whole thing's fucked from the top to the bottom yeah it's very upsetting and like i think the thing that strikes me as interesting is that this comes after bungie um a few about a week ago came out and put out their blog post and like as a reminder right playstation recently bought uh bungie earlier in the year uh going to the bungie blog right like the the their post is titled bungie supports essential healthcare rights uh, it's a short blog post that reads like this at bungie we believe that everyone has a right to choose their own path and that freedom is expressed across all facets of life the leaked draft decision by the u.s supreme court to overturn roe v wade represents a blow to freedom in america and is a direct attack on human rights by creating a divide between those who possess the fundamental right to make healthcare decisions that are right for them and those who do not possess that same freedom this decision should it become final will have far-reaching consequences 
consequences uh, that will be felt for generations across socioeconomic lines. Bungie is committed to safeguarding the freedom and privacy of its employees and providing support to all employees affected by this decision. Standing up for reproductive choice and liberty is not a difficult decision to make, and Bungie uh, remains dedicated to upholding these values. If you would like to donate to organizations that support rights to healthcare, uh, these are a few you might consider, and then they go on to list uh, Urge, which is Unite for Reproductive and Gender Equity, uh, Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice, uh, NARO Pro-Choice American Foundation, and then uh, In Our Own Voice. Um, and Bungie was like one of the only, if not the only, uh, big place, big uh, video game studio to come out and actually put out a statement and actually like share links and 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 support their employees in this way, right? And they doubled down on Twitter as well, where uh, on Twitter, like for pe for people in the audience that were like coming back at them or like telling them that this wasn't right or, or insulting them all that stuff, right? Like Bungie was in the replies being like, nope, we stand by this, right? Yeah, like this is yeah, a yeah. thing that affects our employees and we're here to look out for our employees and stand by them, right? And like, I don't necessarily want to connect the dots in terms of Bungie doing this and then a week later place it, uh, Jim Ryan being like, oh, but let's, let's think about both sides. But it does very, what he's saying very much does undermine the studio that they just acquired that is under them that is trying to fight the good fight, right? Coming out and being like, hey, let's be respectful of everybody and then going on to tell a story about your cats. Uh, for me, yeah. like, is disrespectful to, not only to the studio, but to everybody that works for PlayStation and also the audience, right? And, and also to the, the cats. Don't bring them into this. They, like, they, like, they didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be there. Let them have their birthday, you know? Like Yeah, like, let the cats have their day. But it's so, yeah, it's like a very upsetting thing because one, yeah, you didn't have to say it. You came out and say it, right? And then you come out saying you then undermine it with this deflection of hey but by the way like look at this happy picture of cats like it's so and that's where it comes back to the snl thing for me where it's like it's such a meme the way they did it and like i don't know so it's it's very upsetting to me because you're going against this thing that you're that one of the studios you own very much came out and like tried to like try to have their own voice and support and like for me it almost comes back to the the playstation we've seen for the last few years of a playstation that is faceless a playstation that mm -hmm. doesn't have personality mm -hmm. a playstation that wants to be very corporate and wants to be very buttoned up right and so we don't see the the like we don't see the shuhei's anymore we don't see and i know shuhei like tweets every now and then about indie games on stuff but like we don't we don't see him front front facing right we don't see the um previous faces we, uh, we've seen right like they very much they very much want to be behind the curtain and it seems like they want to be so much so um at the risk of even alienating the studios that want to come out and be good and do good things and speak out like the fact that all it goes all the way to the to the top in terms of jim ryan being like now nah, let's not do this now nah, let's have a let's let's go for both sidesism it sucks I uh, just want to bring up of like, you know, the, there is like the takeaway of like, is this just a dumb boss man who doesn't know how to read the room because he's a fucking idiot who doesn't understand uh, human beings or like uh, my second immediate thought right after that uh, seeing Shriver's tweet was the more cynical side of like, is this email in and of itself, even the intro a deflection of like do we hear anything more about Jim Ryan in, like, coming months of, like, what other circles that he might be in and conversations he might be with other CEO men um, who, you know, all, definitely always have opinions, uh, rich white men, on, you know, the uh, bodily autonomy of, of, of women. So, um, yeah, that's just something to keep in mind as well of, you know, just mm. nothing's confirmed, so don't, like, assume anything, but, you know, it's just think about that side of it as well, of, like, the the you know, CEO, CEO business side of who he's talking to and shit, you know? We shall see. I feel like Jim yeah. Ryan's never said anything that's been, like, well-received. 
Well, there was they're not letting crossplay because he worries about kids, their virtuous cycle. Now this, like, just just stop talking, Jim Ryan. Like, what? In, like, like, did did anyone talk to? You, did you talk to anyone before you sent this email? Like, was this just something you're saying? You know what? I got this. Send lawyers. That's who we talked to. I don't know, man. In some happier news. Dead Space Remake has a I'm release date. <laughs> and I have your news. Let me tell you about my cat that I just got. And a dog. Oh, man. man you should get friend. a cat. I know. I really want to get a cat, actually. We'll talk about um, it later. You should. I, I love My apartment doesn't allow pets, but I would love uh, Emotional yeah. support animal. It's Honestly, bulletproof. It's very good. It's very good. I just want to make anyway. any use of my landlords. Anyway, uh, Dead Space Remake has a release date. Uh, this comes from an EA press release. Dead Space will officially launch on January 27th, 2023 for PS5 uh, and then some other pla platforms. <laughs> uh, quote... <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about this. We're not going to talk about this. Xbox and PC. Uh, quote, developing this remake has been a lot of fun for us at Motive, as we're true fans of the franchise and want to treat it with the respect it deserves. It's been equally exciting to see players' reactions as we're taking them on the, this development journey with us, said Philippe Ducharme, a senior producer of Dead Space. Quote, we're making great progress on our road to hitting Alpha, and we're happy to announce that the game will be launching in January next year. We, we can't wait for players, both old and new, to see how we've ele elevated the original experience in the remake to be just as impactful for this generation. End quote. Greg, you're a Dead Space fan. Sure am. Do you believe this January 27th, 2023 20, date? You know, we're coming off of Starfield and Redfall. The day of delayed. Starfield's uh, failure and, and pushback. I want to believe, you know, I, I, it's been interesting the way EA's talked about and promoted this game, right? Like the fact that they've let them do these, uh, you know, developer check-in streams where you're getting information and seeing different things about it and yada, yada, yada. I want to believe this true. I don't necessarily know why you would, you know, we can't come off of this week of financial or the fiscal year reports coming out, right? And EA having the like five at the end that were bullet points that were all like, there's going to be a sports game and a remake and the return of an IP. Like they were just being cagey about it. And we were all like, well, what's the remake? And it's like, well, here's Dead Space in January. That's the remake. Because we were getting all around it and stuff. Wait, hold on. What's, what's Barry? Right, Barry pulled up the tweet that I made <laughs> earlier oh, yeah. today. Um, if I wanted dates, that would inevitably disappoint me. I would just re-download Bumble. Which... For great, some context to this joke. tweet, I wish I had thought ahead about this tweet possibly being a banger. I very much just tweeted this as like a, oh man, let me just let me add this one more thing to my to my thread. Yeah, if that I was had, the OG tweet. Like that would have yes. done way like, more. Like that would have that would have got yeah. numbers I if I actually started off with that. A thousand off a reply is also very impressive. Don't yeah, say so sure on that. Yeah, but yeah, and I'm not. I don't care about the numbers. I'm just in it for the for the game. You know, I'm just here to make dope tweets. Uh, it's and okay. Take names. I, you, I we can all know. Look, you're in an egotistical space. This is okay. Like, <laughs> I also, I literally like sometimes like I like draft my tweets when I like want to. I'm like, I want this joke to be at least to as good as it less. can be. Like, you want to tweet less? Yeah. Like, if you if you go through my Twitter now, most of my tweets are saying that ever since you got most, verified, dude. <laughs> most of my tweets are promotional tweets, though. Like, go through my go through like the last few weeks of my Twitter. Oh, you're doing like, the next I mean, Carpino Anyone to be inside yeah. the real mind of Blessing Adi Jr.? No, I'm tired of it. I want it to be true. I think it could be true. As always, I wouldn't be surprised if it got pushed. But it is a remake of a game, so like, okay, you, you know, how long have they been working on it? What? How much are they changing? What exactly are they doing? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see, but. I want it to be true, Wes. I want to play the new Dead Space. Janet, where are you at with this new Dead Space? I mean, I, I want, I'm excited to play it because I actually never played Dead Space. So this will be my <gasps> entry point. Um, and that'll be cool. So apparently it's really good. So I'm excited, but also scared because it's apparently also kind of scary. So that's a little stressful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like 
I don't really have a good reason not to believe that this date's going to land. But the thing is, like, it's hard to land stuff. So, like, I, I, I won't necessarily until we have it or until we're really close where it's like it's too close to delay it. I won't totally be set, but I tapped over to GG app. I made a new list, 2023 release calendar, and I put this <laughs> on there. And will I need to edit it later? Maybe, but for now, it is there. That's the first thing on my 2023 calendar, so officially for date, dated stuff. I have a 2023 release window thing as well. Uh, let's focus in on some PlayStation-centric news. Uh, I got a question for you guys. How will a $300 million investment change PlayStation? I asked this question because Ryan Dinsdale of the Dinsdale Demodome over at IGN uh, put up an article last week or earlier this week uh, saying that PlayStation is putting $300 million more dollars or $300 million more into first-party games and aiming for multiple platforms. Uh, the article reads like this. Sony is investing a further $300 million into its first-party PlayStation Studios as a two-pronged strategy to grow its gaming business alongside releasing games on multiple platforms. Uh, revealed in its latest earnings call, Sony made clear this investment is for developing software at existing studios, such as God of War's Sony Santa Monica uh, or Horizon Forbidden West Guerrilla Games, uh, and is separate to its acquisition plans. Quote, we plan to increase software development expenses aimed at strengthening first-party software at our existing studios by approximately 40 billion yen uh, or $308 million, it said. Quote, going forward, we aim to grow the, the game business by strengthening our first-party software and deploying that software on multiple platforms, end quote. Sony didn't go into what platforms it means, but it likely refers to the joint PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 release of games such as Spider-Man Miles Morales and the upcoming God of War Ragnarok, in addition to its recent venture in, uh, into releasing PlayStation console exclusives on PC. Um, Janet Garcia, $300 million being invested into PlayStation First Party Studios. What does that mean for you? I think it means more of what we're already heading through. Like, I think First Party has been and will probably continue to be the bread and butter for PlayStation for some time. That is totally the identity. That's the ecosystem. That's why it's like, hey, we don't have day and date. Everything banks on the power of First Party and pouring more into that. So I, I don't necessarily think this automatically means, oh, get ready for eight new IP to just like floor. Also, that's not how the money works, but right. Like, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think we're suddenly going to see anything that we weren't already expecting, basically, which just helps them do what they need to get done. So shout out to that because stuff costs money. Greg. Yeah, I mean, this is timed out the same way where there was the, you know, doubling down this week of, you know, if they were to put their first party games out day and date on PlayStation uh, Plus or PlayStation Now, right, it would deteriorate the quality. Like, I think that what you're seeing here is the investment in what PlayStation thinks makes PlayStation. And that's these first party exclusive games that are coming out that are the banger. And you know that they, you know, they could, or you, you don't know, but you expect them to be game of the year contenders, right? You expect them to be on that short list for the best thing you played this year. And uh, I think they're just trying to, yeah, as Janice talking about, you know, take care of the ever growing library of uh, developers and, you know, the roster of people they have. And I think that's where you'll see it. I don't think it, it, uh, you know, equates out to X amount of IP, X amount of new things, blah, blah, blah. You don't think, think they're going to really... try to buy Tomb Raider and the, the devs from, uh, from Embracer, you know, they were like, oh man, we're so you got away from 300, 300 million. Here's our 300 million. And, uh, we'll, we'll take see. it off. Well, I'm happy. Specifically... We're going for these days. <laughs> uh, probably at least $10. Uh, they did say specifically they're not, uh, this isn't for acquisition. I'm sure acquisition is like a separate fund they got they got going and so like for existing stuff right yeah I, I mean i i it is going to be what the article's talking about which is like a cross-platform which for them likely means pc and playstation maybe improving their pc strategy or double downing on their pc strategy and then also 
you know, I I think the cross gen stuff is interesting because how much longer are we gonna get games on PS at least first party games on PS4 and PS5? Like, I'll be slightly surprised if by second half of 2023 we get more PS4 games first party. I think God of War Ragnarok mm-hmm. will probably be the final one. I imagine that's first half next year, um, if things go wrong. Um, and so, like, if that's the case, right, then we are focusing in on um, PC, PS5, which could maybe be a bigger strategy, or maybe it is just porting a bunch of back catalog to PC, um, or maybe it is VR stuff. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot of I, I think um, room for like this 300 million dollars to go around, especially because video game development is very expensive, and like 300 million dollars sounds like a lot of money, but yeah, it's like that's not that's not going to equate to like a bunch of new games, a bunch of new IP. It might yeah. it might equate to maybe like hiring in uh, like some more people or maybe raising the salary of some of the people that already work in the studios fingers crossed um but hey we'll see now it's time for playstation picks uh this is where we talk about the games that we've been playing this week the games that we picked to play on playstation this week and also the games that dropped Uh, and those games that dropped go like this uh salt and sacrifice came to ps5 and ps4 on may 10th uh this war of mine uh, Final Cut came to PS5 May 10th. Unpacking PS5 and PS4 May 10th. Ayudin Chronicle Rising that came to PS4 and PS5. May Good 10th. pronunciation, bless. Oh, thank you. I mean, we've been talking we've been talking about Ayudin Chronicle for for a while now. This is one that um, was the Suikoden inspired game uh, came yep. off of Kickstarter, but Rising is the action prequel. one. Yeah, yeah, because uh, like there's Ayudin Chronicle. Oh, I'll just read the. I have the description in front of me. I'll just read it. Um, Ayudin no, Chronicle. Keep making it up. Keep making it up, please. <laughs> Ayudin Chronicle Rising is an action RPG set in the same world as Ayudin Chronicle Hundred Heroes. Uh, features town upgrading mechanics, fast-paced combat, a prequel to the world of Ayudin Chronicle Hundred Heroes. Uh, and this is one that I'm sure Jared Petty is going crazy for because he loves Suikoden, and I think he was the one that actually like opened our eyes to. Oh no, like you should look out for this. This seems really cool. And so you're getting kind of the the taste test. Uh, this week and then later on in I think 2023 you're going to finally get um, Ayodin Chronicle 100 Heroes which is the main course and so if this sounds exciting for you boom go get them something else that's exciting though Soundfall uh, comes to PS4 and PS5 May 11th Uh, Soundfall is a fast-paced music-based dungeon crawler that combines looter shooter action with rhythm-based gameplay to create a world of music unlike any other this is one that I've been waiting waiting on for a while Um, I played it at a PAX years ago and of course if you watch nintendo's indie world showcase that they did earlier in the week you probably caught wind of this one because it dropped day and date um or yeah it dropped the same day uh on the switch and on other platforms uh and so i've been playing it i'm playing on my steam deck don't judge me um and it's pretty cool like i've not gotten too far in it but it is like it's what it looks like right it is this dungeon crawling um uh, action game where you attack on the beat and so like if you look at the bottom they have the metronome there of like the boom 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 and you want to hit your attacks and your dodges on that metronome kind of hard i've been dying <laughs> like it seems crazy like it would be game. hard i thought it had a cool art style i was like oh this seems and i looked at it, i was like i don't think i'd be able to do this and enjoy myself yeah like if you don't have rhythm I, it's gonna be a big uh hindrance. i need kevin koala to stream this game Oh, Kevin's like getting past <laughs> level one because like I'm barely I'm barely getting past some of these levels. Like it is pretty difficult. Um, and I I would like to think that I have rhythm. Um, I'm, am I decent at looter games? Maybe that's another story. But like, yeah, no, this game is kicking my ass. But it, it is a fun time. Like, and it has good music. I'm actually been very impressed by the music in there. Like it had like it's not just EDM. Like there's a good assortment of different genres and stuff. And there's vocal tracks and like um, uh, some good stuff in there. And so uh, Soundfall gets so far. My thumbs up. Oh wow! A thumbs up from blessing. Rare. Not on the kind of funny scale, just my the blessing scale. Thumbs the blessing up. scale. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. of course, of course. And then Evil Dead the game is out for PS5 and PS4 on May 
13th. That is, if you're listening to this on the regular time, that's today. If you're listening to this on Patreon, that's tomorrow. I appreciated um, the panic look of you trying to find the date. Like, what day yeah. is it? <laughs> Usually I write down, like, the actual days of the week. I forgot to do it's this. It's the 43rd. Around. <laughs> <laughs> Great TikTok. Yeah. Greg, really which would you pick to play on PlayStation this week? Uh, you know, I've actually been playing a lot of uh, Switch stuff since the indie event, and then on PlayStation, I've been doing my normal bullshit of like, you know, doing my wrestling and checking in on old stuff there. And then today, Division got a new season, so I'm gonna jump in and try some of that. But what I've actually played this week would be unpacking. Uh, I, I, unpacking. Janet, did you play unpacking? Yep, beat it. It's our game, right? Like it's our yep. kind of game. Everybody yes, says I'm- that. Everything I know about next. it makes it our kind of game. I know people cry at the end of it. I know all these different things about it. I am still struggling to advance. It's the same. And when I got on an Xbox, I chalked it up to being tired from Ben where I fell asleep playing it or whatever. But even on PlayStation, like I'm doing it and I'm only in the third area, which is this area Barrett's showing right now where I think you get, you got a roommate for the first time. And it's like, I get it. And I see you. I understand we're going through this person's life and where they've lived or whatever. But I'm still not like, I got to play it. I got to get back to it. I'm going to finish it like because it's not that long. I, 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 it's an easy platinum, too, I'm pretty sure. But like, it's just like, I'm not enthralled. Like, Should I be at this point, Janet, or is it going to turn no, a corner? I think it'll, I don't think it'll like totally blow your mind ever if that's how you feel. Because I'm actually in a similar boat. Um, like, I think Unpacking did end up on our like 210s, like our top 20 list over at MinMax. And I respect that for it being like a really cool indie game with amazing sound design. And I think the, the what it does with environmental storytelling is really cool. But ultimately, like I wasn't in tears at the end either. But I do think that you'll you'll be happy you saw it through because I do think it progresses in slightly more intriguing ways. But overall, like you're going to kind of keep getting more of the same. But since it does stack, it'll be fun to like for me, I had a good time seeing how that person's life progressed where it ultimately ended up and just sort of being invited to reflect on my own life and my moves and the idea of that. And then I just like sorting stuff. You know, I find that very (laughs) soothing. So I think if you like the act of putting stuff, like at the end of the day, like people will talk about the story of this game and the story is definitely relevant and it's what gives it kind of that secret sauce, that bit of edge to it. But you got to kind of like the unpacking part of unpacking. And if you don't like that part, it won't hit as well. That's where I, I fell off of it. Because, like, uh, this is a game that I thought was really cool. You don't like really to cool. unpack? No, because I love... I, I, that's the thing is I love to unpack. Like, this game should have been my game. But the thing that frustrated me is that you have to unpack in a certain way. Like, there is a puzzle-solving aspect I do wish where, they were a little bit loose. And they're, they're yeah. mostly loose, but I wish they were, like, a little bit looser. See, they're not loose. They're not remotely loose enough for me. Where is it because you don't... Well, what happened? Well, I, I would unpack in certain ways, right? Like, you, the, the, the gameplay loop of the game is that, like, there's just a bunch of boxes in your room, and you're just, like, taking stuff out of the boxes and placing them where you want. The thing is that you can't necessarily place them where you want, right? Like, if you put something somewhere, like, it has to be in, like, it has to be in the right place. And it's not, like, it's not super strict, right? It's not, like, a one-for-one, like, this pencil case has to be in this specific pixel. It's not like that. But it is a thing of, like, if I prefer my pencil case to be, like, under my bed or, like, it's some, somewhere else, right? Like, if the game doesn't think it should be there, then it'll do, like, a flash of red and make you, like, yeah. figure out, like, oh, where's this thing supposed to be? And for me, I was like, okay, I like puzzle games. I don't like this kind of puzzle because now I, I it, the puzzle feels like I, it's me trying to read the game's mind as opposed to me just having this fun, relaxing time of, oh, I get to decorate a room. Cool. I get to decorate the way, the way, the way that I want. I feel like that took the wind out of the sails for me. And there's part of that for sure, yeah, because like when you unpack everything, when the boxes are gone, then yeah, things will flash red if they're not in the right spot. And so like that is a weird one, right? Of like, oh, okay, like 
well, why don't you just tell me exactly where you want? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like, if that's like, what this I, game is going to become. I put, like, there was a kitchen level, right? And, like, I swear to God, I put a, a pan in, like, five different places. And it was like, nope, 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 no. Nope. And I'm like, okay, where, where do you want me to put the pan? Because <laughs> obviously this isn't my house anymore. This is your house. <laughs> put the yeah. pan in somewhere for me. <laughs> I do think that that can get a little frustrating. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think because because it's short and because I think you will feel a little bit better having finished it just to be like, oh, yeah. Especially if you don't know exactly where the story goes. But yeah, it didn't completely blow my mind. So it doesn't shock me that you have that opinion. But I think it's still worth seeing through. Again, because it's, it's not so short. And because, it's, yeah, and because yeah. it does have, I think, an interesting narrative progression. And I think, you know, it does so many things well. But yeah, I mean, I can't really defend the fact that when you see all that red, it's kind of a lot. Versus like the satisfaction of filling up that bookshelf perfectly. Like there's kind of a push and pull there where maybe there shouldn't be as much of one of those i mean i didn't really think i had if the, which one was good and which one was bad the push of the pole but yeah i feel you janet what game did you pick to play on playstation this week janet you're muted you're muted on sorry Discord. i keep <laughs> i keep like yeah i keep accidentally hitting like the one and the one is like a it's hot key to mute but thank you um really? i've been playing trek to yomi which admittedly i was not going to dig into because like y'all weren't that hot on it and most people were not that hot on it so honestly i went into this game for my like i do a series on my twitch called best of you know whatever year watch so this year 2022 watch where i just kind of play whatever is hot and out right now for the most part sometimes i'll skip some stuff if i'm like literally i never play these games there is like no chance <laughs> i'll even know what i'm doing i'll skip some of those but i really try to hit everything um so trek to yomi had been on my list for a while but i'm not gonna lie i thought about i'm like do i even want to do this and everyone's kind of like it's whatever maybe i'll just skip it and i'm like no there's not a lot out right now anyway like the whole point is to go and give it a try so that i know for myself and that also like people watching maybe like i i play it so maybe you don't have to or you can kind of get a sense of it without having to boot it up sure. yourself um and i'm enjoying this game so far i definitely agree and see where people are coming from with the um combat not being as like tight or robust as maybe one would like but i think what it does with cinematic oh my god cinematography <laughs> forgot how to say that word for a second and just the general like vibe and aesthetic is really impressive um and it really makes for like an interesting and unique experience like i know people will say well aesthetic isn't enough to like base a game on or to make it worth playing and that's totally you know a valid opinion to have if that's how you feel about it but for me i also think the combat's pretty enjoyable even though i think it could be better and i wish it was a little better i liked the fact that you get combos and that they slowly build over time i liked using the joystick to kind of move the sword up and down the only thing i really did not like about the combat is the parry i feel like the parry mm -hmm. is off the parry feels like you're not really parrying you're just blocking at the right time which i know is like a weird distinction because technically to parry is to block at the right time but it sort of happens kind of weirdly early like it's the 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 queuing of it is kind of off like i'm just not a big fan of of the parry in that game but i really also like the exploration element um it is kind of following a pretty linear path but they do have these pockets where you're going to like the foreground and the sides and kind of from there you get like sometimes extra enemy encounters or like you know buffs to sort of build out like your, how much stuff you can hold there's kind of additional weapons like i just got to the point i'm like four hours in um the point where i got like the bow and like mm. some other like throwables so it's definitely not for me it is not a must play game but i think if you saw this initially and you were like i'm interested in it it is at least worth checking out because you might even if you might not fall in love with it i think you could be hotter on it than you might expect because that was my experience so i i want to shut that out so I, I do plan on finishing that i just don't know when i'm going to finish it but it's not that long either i think it's like a, a six to eight hour 
kind so of general yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. And I, I think the story leaves a bit to be desired, too. It's pretty cliched. Though it is getting to some weird spaces where I'm at. But I'm like, okay, but what, do you, what are you going to do with this? And I don't know the answer to that yet. So we'll see how I feel about it when it's all said and done. Um, but I don't know when I'm getting back to it because the next thing I'm going to do is more trophy hunting in Horizon. So yeah, I'll probably just toss it in yeah. somewhere because it's not that long. I just need like, one good session and I could beat it. So we'll see when that session is going to be. Of course, you can ch- check out our ch- Trek to Yomi review on the Kind of Funny Games cast. Trek but Blessing, what? The <laughs> oh, there it is, Janet. Oh, Blessing, what did you pick to play on PlayStation this week? So this week, honestly, has been a very heavy Steam Deck week for me. I've been playing a lot of games on my Steam Deck. Most right of them aren't it. available on PlayStation. Um, you know, like, what can I say? You know, this big, beautiful. No, I was kidding. Don't brag about it. <sighs> Brian, we get it. Oh, you said, you said fucking you get it. This big, beautiful. Do not hear my sarcastic queen. tone, Blessing. Oh, look how beefy that yeah, is. The more you fuss over. I mean, are you bragging about the beefiness of a console? I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever found that as a positive. But like, the it's more good attention to hold. y'all give to it. It feels weird to hold my Switch now. That that probably is true. So that's fair. <laughs> like I hold my switch and I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? I'm gonna, I'm gonna break this thing on accident. So um, is it like you and Steam Deck best friends forever now? Friendship forever? Friendship I mean, with Switch we'll over? How, oh, but between the Steam Deck, Steam Deck and the Switch, Switch still has exclusive Nintendo stuff. That so the Switch is forever gonna be alive for me. But I think for indie stuff, it is gonna be the Steam Deck because like, wow. yeah, I just love playing playing on this thing. Um, PC boy now in disguise, dude. I've been playing. I, I don't want to get on a tangent because this is a PlayStation podcast. Started playing a Leghead because I saw it at the Indie World thing. Yo, and people yeah. in chat were like, mm-hmm. it's on PC. And I was like, all right, I'm going to check that out. And I'm, dude, phew, that game is fucking Switch cool. Uh, yeah, um, it's really cool. It it's not coming to Switch. Year. I can't believe it. Yeah, it came out last, last year, but it's not coming to yeah. Switch until like PC or till PC, what? Till um, summer. Right. Yeah, and you're so, right. You're right. Uh, and then I've also been playing Patrick's Prairie Box, and that game is dope yeah. as hell, too. Yeah, yeah I like it. Um, but as far as PlayStation, my PlayStation pick for this week is Rift Tracks. Um, so, like, we talked about this game last week because of uh, it was it came out last week, so it was on the drop. And the whole pitch of it was that it was from the same devs as What the Dub. They got the license to to do Rift Tracks, and they basically made What the Dub again, um, but it's Rift Tracks this time. Um, I was looking forward to trying it out because What the Dub was one that like I was excited for, but after playing it, I really wanted it to be better because I think there's a kernel of a good idea in there that just wasn't executed on um, greatly, and I figured that Rift Tracks would be a good like follow up, right? A good opportunity to figure out all the things that didn't work about What the Dub and actually turn it into like a way better game. And played it uh, on stream late last week with the crew. It was like Mike, it was um, Barrett. Were you there? Barrett might have been there. Um, You'll never know. It was a nice. Yes, I was there. I was there. <laughs> yeah, Barrow was there. There was a few of us there. Joey and Roger were there too. And man, was this game a disappointment? Yeah. I was. Oh so no, really? Out. Yeah, I was so bummed out by like, how much it didn't live up. Like it honestly. So maybe I should try it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> on, I mean, maybe I don't know. But like honestly, it was it. It might have been worse than what the dub. Like what the dub. I remember wow, like us. Really. I remember us playing it, being like, okay, no, there's some stuff here, but like it could be better. But like we got quite a few rounds out of it. Um, this time around, like round one, I think we're all just done, right? And yeah, like it was not the vibe. It was not the vibe, and maybe maybe it was the vibe. Maybe the vibes are off, but I do think that like the prompt wise, the like what they give you to work with just isn't great. Like the clips, because um, for people who are unaware, right? Like basically, it's like Jackbox, but the way they do it is they're showing you different classic movie clips, and they'll show you the beginning of a scene, and then they'll blur out the audio, and then you are typing in audio to fill in that to make people laugh and they are having a robot read that audio to fill in like the character saying it or the narrator saying something or something like that and like the st- the clips that they give you to work with just aren't great they the, none of them really hit like I, I don't think there was there's was, there was maybe like one or two times 
that like anybody checked um uh checked a giggle the whole time right yeah. like it just Lame. wasn't and, and, that, that and, and i say this I, I said this on stream and i'll say it again i just i don't know if it makes for a good game the reason why mystery science theater 3000 worked so well uh, why Rift Tracks spun off of that and succeeded since then is because you're getting the full context of the movie. You're like mm -hmm. a con continually ramping up. It, it's almost like a comedy set, you know, like a uh, stand-up in a way where they're like uh, feeding off of the energy of this like entire movie and making fun of it the entire time. Whereas in a game, you're given like a 10 second clip of a movie that like some people might have heard of and like you don't really know the full context of the scene like whatever like whatever is going on i just i don't think it makes for a good game i think you know rift tracks and mystery science theater 3000 uh, uh things of that ilk work as they were you know originally intended for and outside of that like you're just you're not gonna find that same kind of magic yeah it's gonna and it's gonna turn into you know cards against humanity but with a screen and it's you know it just doesn't have that same yeah uh, like magic. yeah the, yeah, the magic isn't there, because I think you have to have good setup. Like, the, the setup has to be there, and I think the setup just wasn't there. And I think the contrast to it was, right after that, we played Jackbox. We played Jackbox Party Pack 3, and we played a lot of, I think it was Quiplash, where you have, like, the, the prompts they have to put in, and then people pick whatever the, whatever the funnier prompt is. And we were having such a good time playing Jackbox. Like, Jackbox was so fun, like... We like it, I think it, it started off kind of rough because we were coming off of riff tracks and so like we weren't automatically in the zone. But like by game two, like the jokes that people were cracking, right? Like the inside jokes that would loop around, right? Like us talking about how uh, Mike would go on a date and then like pop out the middle of the sushi and then eat that like, eat the sushi like that in front of his date, right? Like <laughs> that joke would come back up over and over again because like I think Jackbox does such a great great job of of um presenting opportunities for stuff like that to happen right like people to to fill in these different inside jokes people to fill in the dumb shit that like it's going to loop back around and there was so much of that whereas in rift tracks there wasn't any of that um and so yeah it was a disappointment and like i don't know like i i would like for something like this to work but maybe it just doesn't work i think maybe that's what, I, what I've, I've learned after what the, playing both what the dub and rift tracks um and so that's what i picked to play on playstation this week and that, ladies and gentlemen, is another episode of PS I Love You XOXO. Remember, each and every Thursday, we record live on patreon.com slash games, where you can write in to be part of the show. You can get the show ad free. You can get it with the post show we're about to do. But if Friday's more your jam, alongside free youtube.com slash games podcast services around the globe. Of course, no matter where you're getting us, please consider using Kind of Funny as an Epic Creator Code on the Epic Game Store or when you're playing Fortnite or when you're playing Rocket League or when you're playing any game that takes the Epic uh, Game Store code wherever it says. You get it, you do it, you have fun. We got a post show to do. Blessing's got to go somewhere. I forget where. Doctor. <laughs> oh, doctor. What are they doing to you? Oh, uh, you don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs> <laughs>